a little leftover Thanksgiving tiredness. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. No, lots of love. All right. (laughs) So happy Friday. Yep. What's going on? Uh, Right. So um, Parliament met yesterday. They actually had um, some five bills. uh, Sorry, 10 bills. Wow. To consider. So yes, it was busy. And um, looks like they were running through it with a lot of steam and a marathon. So first thing up was um, Sir Alden McLaughlin was appointed, was nominated uh, by the leader of the opposition, Mr. Roy McTaggart, and appointed as the um, the new Speaker of the House. Okay. So official, and he started his role right away. Lots of people were asking me why he wasn't wearing the um, traditional wig that they normally wear. And to be honest, I don't actually know. It's a good huh. question, but I have no idea. I guess it's optional if he's not wearing it. So I don't know. Do they so, get a new wig or do they have to wear the old wig? Um, You know what? I'm <laughs> sure that they have wigs available to them. Okay. Um, you can custom order a wig because a lot of the lawyers and stuff will have their own, obviously, who yeah. are appearing in grand court. So he probably, remember, he's a lawyer. He probably has a wig somewhere. Yeah. Have used. <laughs> so. Yeah. Got to pull it out of the closet, all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a multi-purpose wig. That's yeah, so all right. So um, in other news, I'm sure civil servants will be happy to hear this one. Um, all of them are receiving a one-off payment of $1,500 in the month of December. Okay. So see where the money's coming from, <clears throat> but uh, they're going to get it nonetheless. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, the um, PLC uh, has been accused of collecting excessive personal data So this is the um, Public Lands Commission. According to the Ombudsman's Office, they have said that they've been collecting excessive data on individuals who are organizing wedding ceremonies or other events on public land to provide a privacy notice to people. um, And they need to provide a privacy notice to people when their data is actually collected. So this is an order that was published on November the 9th by the Office of the Ombudsman. Um, so this is kind of interesting, but they said that essentially they're collecting unnecessary personal data from marriage officers, their staff, and visiting clients using public beaches for wedding ceremonies. And the frequency with which the personal data was being collected was excessive. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Why would they need that? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly um, what they were collecting, but, um, you know, they said that this, that it was just too much. Mm. And it contravened the data protection uh, legislation. All right. Um, yeah. Hmm. Pretty interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and we have a father who's being accused of taking a child from Kiman without the mother's consent. I saw something like this. Said they were going to the movies and then left. Yeah. So this is so next level. Uh, you don't really expect this to happen here. No. But a Kimanian mother has sought the help of the court to have her eight-year-old child return to her after the child's father told her again he was taking the child to the cinema and actually left the country. And where do you so, know, where did they go to? Um, Let me see here. Hmm. Oh, it's a good question. I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Um, hmm, that's a good question. Why, do, why does the article not say? I'll find out. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure you yeah, will. I'm, sure. Well. I'm looking for where Renee, she should have said it in there somewhere, right? You would think. Uh, yeah. huh. Maybe she doesn't even know where they went. Yeah, it's possible that court 
documents didn't say, but I would have thought so. That's very scary. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, all parents are like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually if you're traveling solo, sometimes you need a letter from the other. From the know. other parent. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. All right. Have a beautiful weekend. You as well. I'll speak with you on Monday. Blake will be off next week. Ooh, vacation time. Yeah, yeah, I think. Have a good one. All right. Yep, you too. See you. And that is Spilling the Tea with Sandy, brought to you by J. Michael. And of All right, folks. Happy Friday. Good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Going to kick off in just a couple seconds here. Bobo Live. Um... Bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder. The cold, hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea. And committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record straight. I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. folks happy friday good morning good morning to everyone how are you guys doing it is uh november the 24th just about a month away from christmas we are rolling right into it hope you guys are having a good day so far let's go ahead and um get started so happy friday where are my people at where's everybody classroom full well it's getting there almost 200 of you sitting in class plus our radio listeners We know that that could probably be into the thousands. I mean, who knows, right? Nobody really knows. So happy Friday, everyone. So good to um, see all of you. Let me just see here this beautiful morning. All right, let me send out the links to everybody in the WhatsApp news group. Don't forget, you can join the WhatsApp news group. Just send your name and uh, indicate that you'd like to join in. And we will certainly um, add you there. So... In case you missed it this morning, um, a lot happened in Parliament yesterday. We were trying to live stream, especially the first segment of it. Uh, No news here that uh, Sir Alden McLaughlin is now the Speaker of the House. Uh, We told you guys that that was coming down the pipeline. Nobody objected. It was like, listen, we're we're now in the times of there will be no further objections probably in government. The backbench is happy. They're going to get, the PPM is going to pretty much get whatever they want. Uh, Julie's at the helm, um, the Honorable Premier. 
She's going to give them anything that they want. And um, the people will seemingly get what they want. But I'm going to ask you this morning, at what cost? Because now it's all about fooling all of you. And some of you are pretty gullible, I must admit. You're sitting here going, oh, my God, they just given us $1,500. We're so excited. And I'm like, oh, Lord. For lack of knowledge, my people will perish. And trust me, you guys just bought it hook, line, and sinker this morning. So, yep, we're going to delve into that. Um, I have honestly not... um, uh, I have honestly not had an opportunity yet to um, go over her. I've been trying to get to it, but I really haven't had an opportunity to go over her um, segment on with OC on Monday, but I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate time to it, hopefully over the weekend, because I do think that um, it is really, really important for us to do so. By the way, I'm just seeing some pictures that came in last night of a traffic accident there at that four-way stop um, by the compass intersection and Jake Scott pretty wild. Wow. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to, because, you know, there's a lot of dishonesty in that. And I think that y'all, the people deserve to know the truth, even in times of, um, you know, political madness, y'all need to know exactly what went down and someone who's going to lie about how something went down and how they came into power. Mm, I mean, like I said, you always have an option to not say anything at all. You always have an option to just keep you zip it, you know, just keep your mouth shut. And when you choose to not exercise that option, but instead you choose to be dishonest with people to try to paint a particular picture that, oh, you're not really power hungry. And, you know, it it was somebody else um, begging you to take this position. Well, the people deserve to know. All right. So good morning to Miss Vernita. Good morning to Miss Alice. Diamond Princess is here. Marshall is here. I've got a little bit of pain in my shoulder and my left shoulder this morning. Started um, yesterday. So if you see me doing any kind of twitching, it's because I can almost pinpoint exactly. It's like a pressure point. I feel like I need acupuncture this morning, but um, I am having some pain in my my left shoulder. So if you see me kind of twitching or anything, sometimes I know that happens when you've got pain, you do it and you don't even know that you're doing it. Um, You know, by all means, that's the reason why. So we're going to try to see if we can maybe get that sorted out this weekend. Marshall is here. Good morning to Miss Bonnie. Somebody said, thank you for the stellar job that you're doing for the community. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Um, so we've got Miss Bonnie. We've got Stephanie Brooks. Good morning to Stephanie. Juliet Ebanks is in the house. Felicia's here. Damien, Olivia, Wee Wee. Uh, Damien says, uh, soon come, as they say. <laughs> uh, Hilda, good morning to you. Buenos dias to Shay. How are you? Um, she says, Dios me la bendiga. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. Miss Juanita is here. Robert is in the house. Miss Alba, buenos dias. Uh, Amani is here saying, um, do pray that all is well. Can you confirm whether or not the NRA or public works are included in this one time $1,500 for civil servants? I have reasons for asking. <laughs> Let me see. I mean, the the um, announcement kind of came out of, I'm, I'm going to tell you all what I know about it, but it kind of came out of left field in a way. Um, and so even some higher ups in the civil service 
Um, really have no idea. Um, so yeah, we'll try to, we'll try to figure that out. Um, so let's see here. So I'll try to find out. I'll ask, um, NRA folks, but yeah, th there might be a lot of you who don't even know if you're eligible for this. And, and I've got a lot of questions. I know a lot of you have questions. Some people are even asking me, um, in terms of, um, you know, whether or not, um, it's a bonus. Like you guys just don't even understand what has transpired here. So we're going to try to break it down. Um, I think a lot of people get the sense that it's, it's hush money, um, which it, it's, it's meant to have a particular impact at, on all of you. So take it how you want to take it, honey, jail. Can they buy you for $1,500? Well, we sure will see. Good morning to Miss Marjorie. Damien says there's no such thing as a free lunch. Woo. Damien, I'm going to hold on to your comment because we're going to come back to that. Good morning, Aliano. Asmeta, good morning to you. Ms. Morna is here. Ms. Dean, good morning and happy Friday. Strong Wilt, wishing me a blessed day. Everybody a blessed day. Good morning, Mystic Floral. Lizette is also here. Good morning to you. Okay, so let us start with, um, I guess we'll start with the $1,500 since obviously that's in everybody's mind. The primary topic today, though, is going to be something that is brewing that we need to get ahead of. So um, as you guys know, you know, we get wind of a lot of things on this show. And honestly, um, it's very, very important, I think, that the people are aware of what is happening and why certain decisions are actually being made. And, um, you know, when you know the why and what's happening behind the scenes, it helps to really explain quite a bit. And it's important that you all know the why, because the why not only puts things in proper context, but it also um, will help you see the light. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you need to stay woke. You need to stay woke. Well, what, what does that even mean? What does seem, staying woke mean? I mean, it's a nice, catchy phrase, right? But what exactly does it mean? Well, there's a saying that has been around for donkey years that says, um, you know, essentially um, <laughs> that, that, um, that essentially says, you know, knowledge is power, right? The more you know, the more informed you are, the better decisions you can make. And um, I think that it's very, very important that the people who have the knowledge, therefore who will ultimately have the power, or actually you, the people, you're the voters. It impacts your lives. You're the people who live in this country, right? So I think that that's extremely um, important for just, just for the sake of, you know, the decisions that you have to make, whether it's a decision at the poll or job decisions or decisions for your family, you know, you all deserve to know what is actually happening in this country. And for far too long, the MO has been we only tell the people what we want to tell them. And uh, oftentimes that's extremely limited in what they will say to you. And so, you know, it is, it is what it is. 
I don't think that that's right. And I think that you guys deserve to know, you know, as much as you possibly can of what is happening. And um, that's why we're here. And we're, we're going to break it down and we're going to tell you exactly what it is. And, you know, there are all sorts of threats all over the place. Oh, you, you know, you can't do that. I'll tell you what Julie did yesterday that I found a little bit humorous. Uh, good morning, Carla. Welcome to the program. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm not sure why we lost that call. But yeah, there is there is pressure. And I said this last week, you know, I kind of um, chuckle in a way when people say that, um, hello, good morning. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm on air. <laughs> Ugh. All right. Okay. All right. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. All those fires to be put out and a mosquito in the studio. Um, so yes. Um, give me one second here. Let me just shoot a quick message. Um, mm -hmm. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, you know, the people deserve uh, to know. And so, you know, it's, I take a lot of flack for informing you guys of stuff from all sides. I mean, it's crazy. Like people are blaming each other. Well, how does she know that? I'm going to blame the former premier. No, he he's like, I don't, I don't know anything about it. You know, let's blame somebody else. It's, it's like literally all over the place um, in terms of, you know, oh, why does CNN have access to this information? I have access to information because, um, quite frankly, uh, people trust me. And so um, please read that message if you haven't left. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, um, my apologies, I'm a little bit distracted, but something. All right. So, yeah. So at the end of the day, you know, it is it is what it is, folks. Um, that's why when I, I chuckle, but it's such a serious thing when people try to make this story or this accusation that somehow certain people, um, you know, are paying me. You know, I think that that's laughable because I every single day go to, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say great lengths, but I go to greatest, the greatest possible lens that I can to really bring you guys the truth. And um, that compromises a lot of people because, you know, even people who are trying to do the right thing don't always want you guys to know what's going on. Let me be very, very clear what I mean by that. So Premier Panton, he tried his best to keep his government together. I'm sure that there were things that I disclosed and said about every single one of them that he was not happy about. I mean, other people tell me he's pissed off that you said that on the radio this morning because it's pissing off Julie. It's pissing off, you know, Kenneth. It's pissing off this one, that one. You know, they feel like you're riding them too hard. I'm like, did did anybody tell them that Wayne doesn't have any control over me? That he does, you know, it's not that kind of a relationship. It's a, we tried to be transparent with each other. Um, if I asked him a question, if he could answer it, he would. And if he couldn't, he didn't. Uh, I can say, as much as I know, he's never lied to me and he's never been dishonest. But there's a lot of things that he would never have told me he would never have said because he was trying to pander to the same people 
that at the end of the day end up slitting his throat and cutting him off at the knees. And so it's ironic and that's going to be a tough lesson for him to have to learn. But this is why, you know, I don't, I don't get in bed with politicians like that because you really can't, (laughs) you know, you're compromising yourself ultimately and um, look at the end result in any event. Yeah. So when people want to put out this narrative, oh, well, you know, um, Ween was paying her and this one was paying her. I'm, I'm just like, let me be very, very clear. People can pay for services. They can pay for access. They can pay to come on the show, but they don't pay for the truth. They don't pay for loyalty above truthfulness or loyalty above law- lawfulness, right? That's just not how it works. Um, so, but it's it's easy to try to discredit what we do here every single day, because if the people really, really listened to me, y'all would make some serious changes in 2025. So let's talk about it. $1,500 for the civil service. Yes, she's trying to buy you guys. All right. Let me tell you why this is dangerous. Um, First of all, uh, they had discussed it previously, as my sources have revealed. Um, It was on the table and the financial secretary, which would be Mr. Kenneth Jefferson, uh, went on record as saying not to do it. Definitely not in December not to do it. You know, remember some, uh, it was probably maybe a month or two ago, we actually did an interview with the premier where we talked about the budget because civil servants were concerned about there being a potential deficit, right? The same civil servants who are now doing backflips about, oh, I'm going to get $1,500 extra in December. Is the government broke? I'm hearing that they can't pay scholarship money for our kids overseas, and this, that, the next thing. You need to be careful with someone who's now trying to buy you, okay? Because in the long run, it's going to be to your own detriment. Listen very carefully to what I'm saying. The financial secretary of this country, Mr. Kenneth Jefferson, who's supposed to know the financial position, said to the government when they were discussing it under the Honorable Wayne Panton, said, no, do not do this. We can't afford it. We are too close. Go back to the interview. If you go back to what the premier said, he said, listen, we've got a little bit of money, but when you look at our expenditure of over a billion dollars, it's not a cushion that makes me feel comfortable. And so that is why he sent out, remember there was this whole hoopla about him sending out a message to the civil servants about, you know, try to save where you can. If you haven't already, if you've got projects, but you haven't, you know, paid anything or hit the button on the projects, just hold your positions. Hold on. Don't do it. There was a reason why he was telling y'all that because he could see, right, what was forecasted. And I'm sure as the, because he'd taken over financial uh, finance from Chris Saunders, who was, you know, playing La La Land. And again, oh, I can buy out the people by telling them go and dip into their pensions again. Don't make poor decisions in the moment, short-sighted decisions. Because right now you're like, oh, I need $1,500. I need this money. When you're going to have a problem further down the line. And everybody in this country is going to pay for it. These people are setting us up for being in a deficit. My understanding is the financial secretary said, wait until at least January. We'll have a better understanding of what our financial position is. Now, let's talk about the civil service a little bit and how they hemorrhage money 
um, and how the people of this country have to pay for it. Because when we try to hold them accountable, um, you know, for their non-performance and so forth, and y'all think, oh, we're going hard in the civil service, y'all need to really think hard about this. First and foremost, I want to thank every single civil servant who does their job, who goes above and beyond, and who works extremely hard. There are a portion of them who fall into that category. There are others who do not fall into that category, who are lazy, who should be fired, who are incompetent, and who don't do a darn thing, really. They just skirt through, and they should be fired. But unfortunately, the civil service isn't about firing people, and yet they're this country's largest employer. So there's a lot of wastage of money in this country. Well, how much money? I know y'all sitting here thinking, okay, Sandy, how much money are we talking about? (laughs) Half of the budget, almost $500 million, actually goes to keeping the civil service afloat. The other day, someone messaged me and they said something about, um, oh, you know, what did they say? They said something about um, pensions. I think this was just yesterday. Now that this pension thing has passed, why is it that the civil service can't dip into their pension? I'm like, what, what is wrong with you people? This is such a fundamental and rudimentary point in my mind. You don't contribute to your pension. You have heard in the past, both from Alden McLaughlin When uh, Mr. Archer was there as finance minister, Mr. Archer is the first person that came as close as he could to telling y'all the truth about the financial position of this country as it relates to the civil service. He said, listen, you're not going to be able to continue to get free health care. You're not going to continue to be able to get your pension paid 100% by the government. At some point in time, right, you're going to have to understand that all of that costs a lot of money. Okay, $473 million, half of the money of the budget goes to the civil service. And y'all want to dip into your pension fund, which is 100% funded by the government? Do you understand how you would collapse the entire government if you allowed civil servants to have a run on their pension money that they don't even contribute to? (laughs) Right? They're already stealing from Peter to pay Paul when it comes to that pension liability. Huh? Do y'all understand that? Because every single time a civil servant says, why why can't I get, why can civil servants get their pension money? I'm like, you don't even pay into it. And yet the largest employer on this island, you all think should give everybody access to go and have a run on the pension plan. Right now, where do you think the money comes from in order to pay the people, the long list of people who are eligible for pension and their dependents and all these other people. The government pension plan was extremely liberal in the sense of what it actually gave you. Good morning, I'm live and radio. Are you trying to call in? Morning, live and radio, honey child. No, but I'm live on the radio. So you're about to get on the radio if you don't come off my phone. Okay. Lord have mercy. If you call me and I say I'm live on the radio, why you keep talking for? And then ask me, if I, you don't have me live on the radio. Honey, child, I just said I'm live on the radio. Good grief. Lord Jesus, take the wheel this morning. 
and every morning. Y'all understand what I'm trying to say, right? There are, I don't even know how many civil servants that are live that are getting the benefit of free Cineco. They're getting a monthly amount off of their pension that they never contributed to, right? If they die, the benefit doesn't end with them. Then their family members are left getting this for life. The government can't allow you. It would be a financial disaster and it would mean the entire country would collapse if they allowed um, public sector to have access to your pension fund. And like I said, the last person that had this conversation with you all, to my recollection, like really put it on the table, was Mark or Archer. He said, we can't sustain this position of civil servants not contributing to their pension, of civil servants not contributing to health insurance, because we're hemorrhaging. Nobody else wants to tell you all this. Nobody else wants to have this conversation because what? Because it's going to upset civil servants and they risk not getting a vote. Well, y'all better get upset because there's a lot more for you to get upset about. Short-sightedness will be to the detriment of our people. And we have got to stop being so short-sighted. Government isn't going to make any money. We're coming out of COVID, which cost us money. We are creating a social welfare state where everybody wants to sit back and just get a paycheck from government. And you don't understand the implications of that. It does not benefit anyone in the long run, and it's not going to help you in the long run either. It's not sustainable. Right? I hear people going on and on about, oh, you know, Alden did such a great job during COVID. I said, really? I said, y'all need to have your head checked. First of all, it's the easiest thing in the world to shut down a country. It's the easiest thing in the world to say, oh, we're going to give y'all, you know, $1,500 a month stipend money. It is hard to figure out during a national uh, worldwide pandemic how to safely reopen your country without killing off all your old people and vulnerable people, how to get people back to work, how to stop giving them, what was it? Was it $1,500, $2,000, whatever the amount was, thousands of dollars each month, how to get them back off of that. That was the hard part. So of course, Alden did a great job because he had the easy part to do. Do you all know that when this government went in, there was zero plan. Y'all want to talk about, oh, you know, the PAC government, this and that. If y'all understood, outside of all their dysfunctionality, which we have addressed, right? If y'all could really understand what they were up against, regardless of that, they could have been the most cohesive group of individuals, and we might still be right where we are today. Because the magnitude of what they were taking on was significant. All of the misinformation and propaganda and stuff about COVID and the vaccine and this and that, and y'all didn't want to get vaccinated. You, you know how, how difficult it must be for leaders to go to bed at night thinking, oh my God, if her people start to die in mass, people in Kim and Brock, the elderly community, the people in the pines, right? How do you, in a community this size, You'd be going to multiple funerals every single week and your people will blame you for the death of those individuals. And yet they don't want to get vaccinated. You have churches. Somebody sent me a church message the other day 
some local church. I'll try and find it, right? Where pastors are still in this day and age being irresponsible and K-man, telling people not to get vaccinated. Although it has been proven beyond a reasonable doubt that vaccines save lives. Some of the biggest anti-vaxxers in this country, at least two of them are now dead. And y'all don't see the irony in that. You're still talking foolishness because you're alive and you can breathe and, and because most people decide to get vaccinated and that still gives you some protection, although you're not vaccinated. It was a difficult job. And the, the, the worst part is, despite what the PPM had to say and despite what Alden had to say, and they had a solution to everything all of a sudden that they were no longer there, they had no plan. They didn't leave any blueprint, any plan for the PAC government to be able to reopen this country. Right? So if they had the solution to do it, why didn't the civil service have that blueprint from them? There was nothing. So you had a government that took over who immediately had to try to figure out how do we try to safely reopen this country? Because the progressives never left a plan. Then the civil service had no clue. And this is not me speculating. I'm telling you that private sector, and you can go ask them if you want, got together, formed a conglomerate of individuals, everybody from the DART organization, people in tourism, you had the Chamber of Commerce, everyone was getting together, trying to put their collective heads together. How do we reopen safely, as safely as possible? They were throwing their resources there are intelligent marketing minds behind it. How do we do this? How do we convince people that we're ready? Are we ready? Right? What more do we have to do? That's why there's a couple like, okay, we're ready. Uh-oh, pull it back. We're not ready. There was nothing left behind for a new government of pretty green individuals to be able to figure out how they were going to reopen this country and what they were going to do and how they were going to do it to try to minimize the, the cost of lives that we could have lost. Right? Somebody said the port never closed during the pandemic. There's a lot of people who didn't. There are civil servants who were still pretty much working around the clock. Caymanians, please do not be fooled by somebody throwing $1,500 at you. Because when I tell you the true cost of that, <laughs> You're going to be flabbergasted. First of all, what are you going to do at $1,500 in December? It's just like when they allowed you to go into your pension fund. And you know that guy, he's still rude from Fidelity. He went in um, in Parliament and him and, and uh, PPM leader at the time, Alden McLaughlin, looked like they had a very close relationship because this man could say, Oh, you know, I'll go and sit down, have some drinks with Alden, and we'll smooth over the whole pension situation. Well, Fidelity, as it turns out, was the worst um, pension company. They, to this day, haven't paid out some people, as far as I'm concerned. But they they had delays. They they breached the law in terms of how quickly they were supposed to do it. I don't think that they were ever really held accountable. They did whatever they wanted. And he made it very clear in Parliament that him and, and Alden were bosom buddies. To the detriment of you, the people. Mm-hmm. And this is a problem. And I addressed him at the time. And the one thing he said was, oh, 
these Caymanians can just go spend this money and buy new TVs anyway. I was insulted by that because I know he wouldn't have been including me in that category. But true to form, the man, it turns out, the man apparently knows Caymanians and he had a point. How many of you wasted your pension money? You dipped into it when you still had a full-time job. So you didn't need to dip into it. The bank said, all right, we'll give you, you know, what did they do? Three months or whatever, where you didn't have to pay your mortgage. What did y'all do? Oh, yeah, I need that. What for? Nothing in your life changed. You had people in your household. Everybody was still working, still getting a paycheck. Government was still paying people every single month. We need to be more fiscally responsible. Y'all heard what Michael um, Miles said when he was on last week? It's not about how much you make. It's about what you do with it. And a lot of us are fiscally irresponsible. And during a pandemic, it was no different. All of a sudden, I saw people taking more staycations than ever. Right? How many of y'all went to the Kimpton, the Ritz, the this one, the that one. And I was sitting over here saying, mm-hmm, keep it up. Because when they reopen, you know you can't go, first of all, but you're wasting your money. And sure enough, how many of y'all bought big screen TVs that you didn't need? The banks, people who work at the banks were saying to me, oh, Sandy, people came in and pay off the mortgage and guess what? Turned around and got a new car and a new, a new loan payment, car loan payment. I was like, what? Are people not gonna sense? If you use the money to pay off a car loan, which is normally one of the highest interest rate things you can have outside of a credit card, that's a smart financial move, except you don't go get a new loan. That's the dumb part. That's the part that don't make no sense. This is what our people were doing with their pension money, making stupid decisions. You were not taking that 10,000, 25,000, whatever it is you were accessing and putting it on a mortgage and paying down your mortgage. How many of y'all did it? Be honest. Because 99.9% .9 of you didn't do it. And you know the sad thing is, the people who did it um, are, were more likely to be, sorry. The people who did it were more likely to be expats. Isn't that funny? This is where now y'all, again, need a do dose of the truth. I spoke to some of my ex-bad associates, and they were like, oh, yeah, I'm using it to invest in a second property here in the Cayman Islands. I said, wow, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that made a lot That made a lot of sense. Caymanians were not doing that. And then y'all want to sit down and talking about how, um, you know, uh, expats always getting a one up on you. There's a lot of reasons why they get a one up on you. And if I need to be entirely honest, some of that is our own doing. You can't blame someone for going to another man's country and taking advantage of what's there. And when y'all sit down and say, well, these are opportunities not available for Caymanians. Yes, they are. A lot of times they are. And you just not taking advantage of it because y'all out here living a stupid lifestyle. How many of y'all went to brunch Every single week, like you were independently wealthy. Tilly's. I never even heard of Tilly's in my life before. Until COVID hit. Oh, yes. I'm a brunch at Tilly's. Look at all my pictures on social media. I was like, who are the freak are Tilly's? 
I went there once and I was like, y'all can keep this food. And I didn't pay for it either. Somebody took me there for a meeting. I was like, Ugh, whatever. Oh, brunch, Tilly's brunch, brunch, brunch. You needed your behind needed to be home cooking your own food and eating your own food. That's what you should have been doing. The show is called The Cold Hard Truth. Some of you may be offended today, but I don't give a darn. Get offended. Because y'all need to hear it, how irresponsible you are. I see people struggling every single day. Sandy Boyd, I see you. See Bill killing me? No, no, no. You know what's killing you? You got too many people in your damn house. Using the C, you see, you're enjoying the light. You're enjoying playing PlayStation. You're enjoying all this kind of stuff. Nobody told you to have go have one gazillion children that you can't afford. That's why your bill so damn high. Shall we be honest? If you didn't have 10 people up in your house, you wouldn't have the kind of bill that you got, honey child. Cut it out now. See, you see, don't tell you how much electricity to use. You could turn it all off and pay C, you see, literally nothing. How about that? Your children walk out of a room. They don't even have the decency to turn off a light and you're going to sit down complaining about CUC because you're not raising your children to be fiscally responsible either. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't want to hear that truth, but it's the truth. Oh, you know, my little job. Oh, civil service not paying that. But okay. How, what do you expect to pay, get paid? As someone who's barely made it through high school, don't have a certification or a degree or nothing to your name, who the hell you think will pay you? You're lucky getting $10 an hour. Who going to pay you more than that? Hmm? I hear y'all complaining. Well, you know, this company making money and, and she paying this. And I, I see it because I work in accounts. That are none of your business because you are not worth any more than what you're getting to that employer, regardless of what they're paying other people. You need to shape up. Go back to school. Learn how to speak properly. Huh? There's a time and place for everything. Yes, you can talk all kind of, oh, well, that might came out in an accent, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? When you get on people time, and you got to answer the phone, you have to, whether it's a Caymanian accent or not, you need to know how to answer the phone properly. And you need to know how to conjugate a friggin' verb. <laughs> how about that? You might not have to know how to send a proper email with proper grammar and punctuation. Nobody not going to be paying you too much above minimum wage when you don't have the skill set to demand it. So when you get up in your feelings, Oh, well, the Filipinos come in here and this one coming here. Yes, a lot of those people come here extremely qualified. I hate to tell you, even if they take a domestic job to start out or store a clerk, all of a sudden you find out they got a bachelor's degree in computer science and they're just waiting on an opportunity to move up the ladder. And they know that the only thing they need to do is put their foot on this soil. Because this country, despite what y'all think, is the most amazing country in the world with a lot of opportunities. And the reason why some of us can't take advantage of those opportunities is because of the poor decisions we are making. And our politicians are making poor decisions on our behalf, making it even worse. Huh? And who are you going to blame? You blame the politicians. You blame everybody but yourself. 
Take a good hard look in the mirror, folks. And I'm not someone who sits in judgment of you saying that I'm perfect and I've gotten it all right. I have made my fair share of stupid mistakes too. That's why I can speak to a lot of these things. Yeah. Yes, I went out there and spent ridiculous money on the new iPhone that I never needed. And I don't do it anymore. This is the difference. You can learn. You can change your behavior. Right? You start to make a few dollars. What's the first thing you want to do? Oh, I need to go get the biggest house in the neighborhood. Why? Because then you know your CUC bill going to be high, right? <laughs> Higher. Huh? I refuse to get another car loan in my life if I don't have to. I can pay cash for the car, so I will pay cash for the car, even if it means saving up six months, 12 months, whatever. Save for it. Don't go to the bank and get a car that you're going to have to pay three times for, a car loan. We have got to do better. Caymanians, I am begging you, make better decisions. Make better decisions with your children, with your spouses, right? Stop this nonsense of, of marrying foolish people from all over the world who don't mean us no good and who are coming here to jump on you to be able to get a free ride in this country. And they don't care whether you have children, 10 children for them or not, because when they're ready to jump, they're not going to take care of none of them. They're out here in the streets embarrassing you, making you look the fool. You're going on these boat crews, partying, trying to impress people and looking stupid. Get it together. We got to do better. And our politicians are very short-sighted. They may be the most short-sighted of us all, to be quite frank and honest. So yes, in the space of a week, Juliana O'Connor Conley has made the decision to go against the good fiscal and financial advice of the financial secretary, Mr. Jefferson, who has been in that position for a very long time, who understands a thing or two about a country's debt, over a billion dollars. And now she's going to pay out millions of dollars to the civil service to placate you because she is losing a popularity contest as we speak. Nobody don't want this woman to be premier of this country. And how is she going to convince you that she's the woman for the job? <laughs> she didn't convince you that she was a woman for the job with education because she made no improvements there. In fact, I ran into a civil servant who used to work in education. They said, Sandy, you need to ask why so many people have left education, so many Caymanians in particular. And why education, since she has been there, is full of foreign workers who are hiring their own and nobody else. This is the same woman who now wants you to believe that she has your interest at heart? Are you all crazy? She can now give you $1,500 so you can forget everything. Mm -mm. Do not fall for this, folks. Where is she getting the money from? When we have a deficit now come the end of the year, who do you think that deficit is going to impact? They have to cut back somewhere. And you know what's going to be cut back? Education, again. Our schools are already overflowing. She wants to spend $50, $100 million on a school in the back that isn't needed. Right? 
This is ridiculous. These are people who are making poor decisions for all the wrong reasons. What has she done for special needs children in this community? Ministry of Culture and Heritage. They're forever begging every time they message, oh, we need to promote this, but we not got no money. Really? Why you don't have any money? Where's the money going? A billion dollars in this particular Caymanian culture and heritage, which you're always crying down. We need more of this, that, and that. They not got the money to spend and promote nothing that they do because of fiscal mismanagement. Now they're going to have even less. Folks, there is a price to pay for these poor decisions. And sadly, all of us are going to pay it. So you're happy to take $1,500 now and pay for it later when your children can't even get books and, and materials in school? Every school year, you got to go out and spend four, five, $600 to send them supplies that the schools should be providing. I have never in all of my years, and I went to public schools in the United States of America, I have never seen a situation where you have to take every little thing, even sending printing paper. And teachers have to be spending money out of their own pocket to have a decent classroom. I'm like, what kind of, this is like coloring by numbers. This is very, very elementary stuff. Hmm? But you see, one thing I noticed with this so-called Honorable Juliana O'Connor Conley, she believes in throwing money out of situation. She thinks that that's going to fix it. Remember what she did with the teachers? Y'all complaining about teachers. Oh, you know, these teachers, blah, 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 blah. What did she do? Good. We got to start paying them $5,000 a month. Not based on any performance. Not based on results. Nothing. Just increase their salary across the board. Don't matter. Don't make the difference. Okay, so... They're probably not delivering already. Uh-huh. And we want them to deliver more. We don't ask or set any sort of matrix or requirements or nothing. Just throw more money at it. Because, yeah, that solves all our life problems. We all have to pay for that. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? I think that they have at some point recognize. Miss Mitzi says, Sandra, stop making sense. You know, at some point they have obviously recognized that it's like, oh God, it's so easy to fool the people that, you know, yeah, let's do it. So Alejandro says, you too, Sandra, you just got two new cars. I could have 20 new cars. I bet you I don't have a car loan. <laughs> right? What I'm telling you is, Alejandro, you don't know people's financial position in their business, but I'm going to educate you. I don't have a car loan. Okay. And the first thing I did before getting two new cars for your information is pay down my mortgage. So you need to get a clue because the exact same things I'm telling y'all to do are things that have worked for me. Yeah. That's why I can tell you that it works. Extra payments on your mortgage, you could pay off your mortgage. 
way before the life cycle of your mortgage. And that is in your best interest because then you have a major asset. If you want to acquire more land, what you need to be asking yourself, Alejandro, instead of looking at my cars is ask yourself what other properties I have, because those decisions came before any fucking, excuse my language, before any frigging cars. Yeah. Don't be stupid because I'm not stupid. And I want you to wake up. Wake up. I have been where you are. The difference is I chose not to stay where you are. Okay? Don't talk about the number of cars that I have. Let's talk about the number of pieces of paper I have behind my name where I can go anywhere in the world and get a freaking job. Can you say the same? Or are you sitting here complaining you can't even make in Cayman and you don't have any other options? Wake up. The divide between the haves and the have-nots is increasing by the day. And the have-nots are the ones who are out there making the worst possible fiscal decisions for themselves. They're making the worst decisions when it comes to the people that they're electing to public office. We're not fighting, Alejandro. I'm not fighting with you. I'm just setting you straight because you need to, you need to have your facts. Have it straight. Right? Stupidity will get you nowhere in this world. Look at what other people may have, and you don't even have the full picture. You don't really know what's going on with their fiscal position. Gets you nowhere. Focus on yourself and the better decisions that y'all need to make. How many of y'all got one too many children? Raise your hand. Not, I'm not raising my hand for me. I only got one, but I'm just saying. You think it's a mistake? It's an error that I only have one child? No. I mean, had I started younger, probably would have had two to be fair, but I waited. And I waited, why? Because I financially couldn't afford it. And I'm not saying that I couldn't afford it. I realized that it would be a detriment to me achieving certain goals. Educationally, there's certain things that I wanted to accomplish. I needed to have a at least 75% decent husband. I, unlike a lot of you, actually felt it necessary to be married. Yes. Well, what? Sandy does not believe in, in you no, know, I'm old fashioned like that. Because if you can't commit to me with a little piece of paper, I'm questioning how much you're going to be able to commit to the child that we're having. So yes, you better come with that little piece of paper. Because that piece of paper actually means a lot. So, you know, I'm just saying, do better. I come from the same environment, the same poverty, the same chaos, the same dysfunctionality, right? Family members who don't talk to each other and this, that, next thing. I come from the same situation, so I know what I'm talking about. I didn't grow up with no spoon in my mouth, much less a silver spoon. There was no spoon to be had. So Julie wants to fool y'all with $1,500 and Chris Saunders right behind her coming with the whole pension. Oh yeah, look, we got this pension thing. He sent out a message yesterday as soon as it was passed. Because again, he thinks y'all are stupid. The national pensions bill was just passed by parliament and now awaits the governor's assent. That truly takes no more than three days. That usually takes no more than three days. It's worth highlighting that there were amendments to the original bill mostly to accommodate withdrawals to pay strata fees that are in arrears. Now listen to how stupid y'all are. You have strata fees in arrears. 
Mm-hmm. And you're going to go dip into your pension, which is supposed to be there for when you get old, because now you're not going to have nothing when you get old, to pay strata fees that went arrears because you couldn't afford to pay strata fees. You see the nonsensical stuff here? It don't make no sense. You're already poor fiscally. You make, poor, you make decisions like you're poor. Remember somebody called in a couple weeks ago, I think now, talking about DART. Um, this money that Dart had given, blah, blah, blah. So I think it was um, maybe 20, was it 5 million? I can't remember how much it was. But it was supposed to help people who were in a fiscally challenging situation at the time, right? And what did y'all do? You went and applied for this money. You you got the money. Some of y'all paid down, get yourself out of debt. Uh, you were behind on your payments at the bank. You did all that. If you needed house repairs, you applied for all that. And guess what? Some of those same people in the same position that they were then. The vast majority of people didn't use any free money to the benefit. Because you know the thing about when something is free? When it's free, you don't value it. Hmm? You never had to work for it. Dart gives you $5 million. You don't know the, you don't know the value. And this goes for our government. They don't know the value of that money. And they handed out to people who also didn't know the value of the money. And so they wasted it. I know for a fact, I'm thinking of one so-called acquaintance. Right? She's always in a fiscal mess. She went and got this. Oh, yeah, this can help me a lot. You know, this, that, and all kind of plans. I got plans. And where's, where's she now? She's renting out a room in her house that people are criticizing her for the other day. Tell me I must post it up on CMR. For $900 a month and you don't have access to, to a kitchen, you don't have nothing. You just have access to a room, a bed, and nothing else. And you know how that woman has taken her nice little house up in, in Savannah and chopped that up into a million pieces because of her own poor fiscal decisions? And she was one of those same people that went to DART and, and went to government, access dark money to bail her out of almost losing her home before. And it did not help because she continued to make poor decisions because the lesson was never learned. You don't learn lessons when people give you something for free. Hmm? And that is why when a lot of you come begging me, do you have a, do you have a, um, a grocery voucher, whatever, everybody has tough times. But you notice the question I have is, what's going on with you? Are you not working? Because my energy and resources would be better spent finding you a job, helping you get an education, helping you elevate yourself than just giving you a food voucher. You got to eat that food and poop that out in the toilet in two seconds. How does that help you? That's not going to help you. Our people have got to be focused. So this man now, he goes on to talk about um, changes, blah, 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 take advantage of this opportunity. For those who take advantage of this opportunity, I encourage you all to take the time to fully understand the impact this will have on pensions and subsequent retirement. Really? Did you really spend any time explaining to people what you mean by that? Because you have pushed so hard for this um, quickie pension grab, right? When you know it's not going to help 90% of the people who actually access it. Number one, you got to pay the money back. 
So now this is starting to sound like a loan if I got to pay back. Number two, not only do I have to pay back, but I'm going to be penalized. So I have to pay back a penalty as well. Oh, yeah, that kind of does sound like a loan. And number three, I'm negatively impacting my future access and ability to have pension funds that are accruing over time. Regardless of what you think about a pension plan, when you go and educate yourself, if the pension stays there for 30, 40 years as it's intended to do, you come out on top. So losses in two years, five years, even 10 years, you need to look at the long-term gain. The problem with Cayman is pensions are so relatively new, we have not had time for it to properly work. And every turn round, you are being allowed to suck your pension fund dry. And these same people, Chris Saunders, when you're 65 years old and you have to retire and you're not got no money in your pension fund because you dipped into it at every turn round, you dipped into it for COVID, you dipped into it for Ivan, you dipped into it now. You're going to be able to go to him and get any help? Child, please. He probably would have moved back to Jamaica by then. Start making better decisions. These politicians need to tell you all the truth. I'm not saying that if you have the opportunity to get a house and get out of debt completely and do something meaningful with it, that this might make financial sense. It might make financial sense. But you've got to be a smart person to really make this work for you. And at the same time, not negatively impact your future retirement. This man is so duplicitous, Chris Saunders. That he also stood up in the house, and we can go and find the records to show you where he has said previously that we need to increase. This is when he was in the opposition. He sat on the, um, the what's the committee called? The finance committee. I, I think it might have even been during COVID. I'll try to find the clip. The man said, we are not paying enough into our pension fund. Individually, we need to be at least 10%. We at least need to double it for it to be viable for retirement. And now he's telling you, go and rape your pension fund. Help me. Help me with the logic, folks, because it ain't adding up. Hmm? It don't make no sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm no, I'm no economist and whatever, but I'm saying it don't make no sense. Just good old-fashioned common sense. It don't make no sense. He told you the true position before. Now, because it's politically expedient for him to try and tell you, go grab your pension money, he's not telling you the truth. But even when he's telling you to go grab your pension money, he does put a little bit of a warning in there that you must fully understand the impact this will have on your pension and subsequent retirement. What he's saying is you're not going to have no money left and you're going to become what? A social burden on the government. You're going to have to get NAU and pray that you can survive off of that and that not going to work. You got to have a plan. 
and watching these politicians put this country in further debt to get one or two low votes is not the plan. That's not the vision here, folks. Honestly, y'all need to really think good and hard about these types of things. In the space of one week, and let's be very, very clear here, right? We might all be dealing with high inflation rates and so on, but I can tell you that this is not the worst that we've had it by any stretch of the imagination. So what would be the reason for Juliana O'Connor Conley to feel that in this time right now that y'all need an additional $1,500? And she made this decision in the space of a week, going against good financial advice. The only reason is because she's gotten in there and most of you have said, we don't want you in there. Most of you have said, you know, we wanted the leader that we had because this man had integrity. You don't have nothing called integrity. Sorry, but it's the truth. And her flipping and flopping politically is just a small little glimpse into who she is. That's not the full picture at all. There'd be so much more that we can highlight and point to that speaks to her lack of integrity. And that's why I need to go through that interview on Monday, because there's a lot of it in there. It's embedded in that interview. Listen here, folks. This is the bottom line for me, right? I don't have anything to gain from sitting here telling the truth every single day. In fact, the opposite is I have maybe something to lose. I mean, I don't know. I suppose the truth is I have more to lose than I have to gain. I could sit down and just... You know, make my money, be perfectly happy. Don't pay y'all no mind. That's on you. I'm like, okay, I've made some better decisions for myself, so I'm going to be perfectly fine. Y'all worry about yourselves. I take a risk standing up before you all to tell you the truth. And I do it because... I have a daughter, I have a child that I would like, although she would have options, I would like for her to be able to live in this country. She was born here. She's 50% Caymanian. I would like for her to have the benefit of being a Caymanian that can actually stay in this country if she wanted to. That she shouldn't have to flee for somewhere else trying to look for an opportunity. As a person who went away myself to get opportunities that at the time simply were not here for me because, yes, I came from the wrong side of the track. I didn't have that silver spoon or any spoon in my mouth, so it is what it is. Right? I don't want that to have to be her story. I want her to have choices. That's why I get up and fight every single day. And that's why, folks, I have to take on this attitude of, you know what? I got a job to do, telling people the truth. And I know a lot of people might get offended. They mightn't like it, but I can't worry about that. That can't be what motivates me one way or the other. (sighs) 
it, it, it is, you know, there, there's so many days that it's just like, it's tiring because I'm not sure that I'm getting through to enough people. Y'all don't know the conversations that I've had, especially with young ladies, because I know the struggles, right? I know those of you growing up without a father, um, not knowing if somebody even wanted you to be born into this world. You were just a mistake, haphazardly got here. I know how that makes you feel as a person. I know how because of that, you're going to make a lot of poor relationship advice. You're going to be struggling for years to try to, if you ever get over it, right? The abuse of our children. Too many stories of that. I spent a lot of my time trying to help young people. I'm like, listen, you can make better decisions. You don't have to, just because you're born in a situation doesn't mean that you have to stay in that situation. It's hard. I get it. I know. I know. Every single time my back is against the wall, trust me, you know what comes out. That George Town nigga that wants to box you, that freak down, comes out. And then I say, no, 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 no. Hold on, Sandy. This doesn't make you any better. If, you've, if you resort to this, like this weekend, y'all know how I want to box on them New Yorkers, right? And I say you got two choices. You keep your cool. Yes, you cuss them a few words, but you still keep your cool. Or you box them down and you're the one who's going to jail. And you're the one who have more to lose because these niggas, they're going to be on the next flight out of here. They're not going to lose nothing. That's how they go on in America and they come to somebody else's country and disrespect you. But this is your country, right? And there might be one or two little kids that actually look up to you. Don't do this. It was hard though. Because trust me, my knuckles were itching. And I've never hit anybody in my, in my life ever. Like I'm not even a fighter. But I was like, boy, I could smack you right now. Hmm. Lots of uh, pot shots come my way and I just have to be like, Ugh. sometimes I laugh it off. Other times I'm just like, whatever. And then there's some times that I'm going to curse y'all out. It just is what it is. Y'all keep sending me this video with Dr. Frank. I still haven't watched it. It's like 30 seconds. And, you know, I haven't watched it because I know Dr. Frank, you know, mental health is deep. So he, he, got, he got some problems. You know, he's going on and on blaming me for, I guess, his life failure. Why you hate me so much? This is what somebody told me. He said, why you hate me so much? I'm like, dude, I, why would I want to hate you? <laughs> You're my cousin, dude. I don't even, I don't even know you like that to hate you. What I do know is that all I said the other day, which I don't know why you got insulted, is that it looked like to me you're trying to kiss Chris Saunders behind to a man who has talked so negatively about you who don't even like you. That's all I said. And then you get all up in your feelings. I'm like, oh, she hates all Caymanians. I'm like, no. I want you to know the truth so that you can walk in truth. You can stop walking around pretending. But you see, this is the difference, right? And I got kissed Chris Saunders behind because I don't need nothing from him. I don't need a job. I don't need him to give me anything. Dr. Frank, you actually think 
that somebody like Chris Saunders is going to be helping you out with employment. He was deputy premier for two years and you never got nothing. So why are you going kissing his rear end now? What are he going to do for you now? Oh, you thought he was going to get back in if they got rid of Wayne Panton. Well, you were sadly mistaken or not so sadly mistaken. Honey child, please. Y'all just need a little dose of truth. And not everybody can handle truth, apparently. Y'all get up in your feelings. Oh, Sandy hits came on you. What is wrong with you? You're a hurt person. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Of course I'm a hurt person. I've told y'all that. That's not no secret. I mean, I'm not holding on to no secrets around here. I talk about my dysfunctionality all the time. That doesn't mean that I'm living in it and that I'm using that to hurt other people. You see, you, you got part of this equation, right? And then you're jumping to the wrong conclusions. Well, I'll say you want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Hey, man, brother, where's that kaboom button? Kaboom! You can't handle the truth, Dr. Frank. The truth is I grew up in chaos I grew up in abuse and I can still get up every single day and function and help people. Yeah. And hold people accountable and tell the truth. And refuse to let whatever baggage I have hold me down. Who's sitting down talking foolishness like they still got a damn parrot on their shoulder? It sure as hell not me. Who's talking about, oh, I'm a black man and people hold me down because I'm black? Well, it ain't me. Yeah? Nobody, I'm refusing to let anybody, black, white, Chinese, um, high yellow, brown, I don't care, hold me back. And I'm not getting in my head about that's why I'm having issues in life either. Because like I said, a lot of our problems are our, of our own making. You've had opportunities. I'm not trying to get in your business, but let me be very, very clear. You are where you are today because of you. Right? You're George Towners. Them seeing people. Them seeing black people you want to talk about gave you a chance. And what did you do? You got in and screwed it up. Right? You are so far up Makiva's rear end, you were coming out his mouth. Went and built these nonsense, no good homes that fell apart. People couldn't even fit in the damn bathtub. They fell apart before Ivan hit. An entire housing structure had to be demolished because you allowed somebody to convince you that our own Caymanians couldn't build decent homes for a reasonable price. So you went and got these max, max, what do you call them, match boxes, coffins for people to live in, miniature homes. You had to be a midget to fit through the door. And you thought, because McKeever told you must do it, that your people weren't going to hold you accountable for that kind of foolishness? Huh? You got two terms, honey chow. You're lucky. Aren't you still getting a government pension? You had a restaurant. What did you do with that, honey child? Went and get Latin women up in there to work in it. You wouldn't even hire your own Caymanians. Don't come. Don't listen. I'm not trying to come for you. I'm really trying to behave myself and it's not even 1030 yet. 
So don't be sending out your little videos about me because trust and believe. If I came for you, I'm going to have to slap you good. And I don't think you want that. For your own mental sanity, you need to just step off me, Dr. Frank. I ain't got no problems with you. And I only wish you the best. But at the end of the day, take some accountability for where you're at. That's what you need to do. Take some accountability. Huh? All right. Let's keep it moving. By the way, lines are open. Y'all quiet this morning. Jeez, I'm peace. Let me read some of those comments. Debbie laughing out loud. Did anyone ever find out how he got shot? He shot his own damn self. That way he couldn't tell nobody. Because then that means he would have been arrested for having an unlicensed firearm. And he'd be in jail for seven years. Hmm. Yep, like I said. You're your own worst enemy sometimes. Miss Charlene says, girl, you're too bad and cute at the same time. Well, I'll take the cute part. And after 1030, I'll take the bad part. Morning, Selvin. Says, I too was up in my feelings, not for the reason of Dr. Frank, but for the fact that I don't think we've been told the whole truth. I'd like to hear the story from the former premier's perspective with the cold, hard questioning. Well, um, I agree with you, Selvin. And I he has an open invitation to come on. But you know what? And this is why William Panton is exactly where he is now. This is this is where now he, you know, he is not the type of person to come out and air people dirty laundry like that. He has a lot. He could say, I am certain of that, especially about Julie. And he's not going to do it because he's always, oh, let me say this, by the way. Yesterday, there's a couple clips. Um, Kevin, anybody, do we have the clip of Chris Saunders going after women again? Because I do want to um to have that. Um, all right. So the minister, Kenneth Bryan, I'm coming to you in just a second. <sighs> um, so uh what's his name there? Uh the member from West Bay, McKeeva Bush. First of all, McKeeva not playing with a full deck. Did y'all see where he said, y'all are recording me? Y'all are recording me? And I was like, what is wrong with him? His lack of maturity is one thing. But is a man permanently drunk now? Is that what's, go what's going on here? Because I can't help but wonder. Here, let me, let me share this. And then I want to talk about something else that he said. Morning, Tracy. She says, everyone's listening intently, laughing out loud. Whew. Strong will, said Sandy. Why can't you behave yourself? You're killing me. My goodness. Um, Marshall says, those houses that Frank brought into Cayman were made out of Pepsi can. They rusted faster. And then how people pensioned is, my God, what a mess. Listen to McKeever now. Listen to this. Sir was not, and his advice was not so convinced huh? and has rejected that idea of some global taxation. I see I'm being taped. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm being taped for the right reasons. For him. And they played in Sunday school and not on a political platform. But I don't mind. I'm talking the truth. So tape me. <laughs> I understand as well as any member here the <laughs> deep-seated rivalries that seem to divide this house on some of these issues, but I hope that we all 
And I, before I sit down, because I want this house to finish quick today being Thanksgiving, but I want to have my say on this. And I, really? I, I'm, I'm hoping, Mr. Speaker, really? that I'm still relevant to the bill, but I think I am. Lord have mercy. What the hell? You taping me? Are you taping me? Um, okay, McKeever Bush. Parliamentary, and even before it was Parliament, it was Legislative Assembly. These sessions have been taped for years now. I don't know how far back we go at GIS. Making it available on their YouTube. What is that? Uh-oh. Oh, gosh. Oh, there's there's a critical alert. Security. Call security. Device was removed. Oh, geez, I'm peace. Who, who, who's messing with my security system? Lord have mercy. One mess. I'll make Marlon deal with that. <laughs> Somebody call the security company. <laughs> now, listen to me. Who, um... What a hot mess. Who, um... Who, who in their right mind understood what McKee was talking about? Uh, you've been recorded for years and you never said nothing about it before. So why are you talking about it? Uh, uh, it was a political platform. Hear him, hear him, hear him. But I don't mind. I'm talking the truth. Uh -huh. So tip me. Tip me. Tip me. I understand that. You, you, you see the ignorance? You also tip me. Tip me. This is who we've elected to public office. This is what he has time for in the legislative assembly. Talking about somebody else, somebody sitting in the chamber. Who would be sitting in the chamber taping him? Some, so somebody's allowed to sit in chamber and tape. I don't, I, I don't even know what he's talking about. So now he, he's delusional because as far as I know, probably Aunt Suki or Lucille Seymour. What? Why would they be taping him when they can just get it off of the LA thing? Listen, sir, you're clearly paranoid, okay? What you need to be paranoid about are those lawsuits, those cases that you got coming up. That's what you should be worried about. Not somebody taping you in the LA where you're being taped anyway. Dude, really? Um, I don't know if y'all understood some of what he said because he was a bit all over the place. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Miss Sandy. I just, just want to put the public knowledge. Ignorance and what? arrogance are two different Jeez, things. Jesus, peace. Book. Would you please read publicly the uh -huh. definition of arrogance? <laughs> because ignorance is one thing, arrogance is the next thing. Yes, my love. And, and when they're combined together, it's a yeah, bad please, recipe. Yeah. Please bring to the public the definition of arrogance. All right, baby. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Here we go. Arrogance, an attitude of superiority manifested in an overbearing manner or in uh, presumptuous claims or assumptions. So which is he? Well, he's both arrogant and ignorant, if you ask me. Listen, he kept saying something. I was trying to figure out who he was talking about, right? Oh, yeah. The former minister and premier. So I'm thinking, who was minister and premier? Like doing, counting on my fingers who that could have been. And at, at the end, I figured out he was talking about Wayne Panton. He called me fool, fool. He called me fool, fool. When when we were talking about this uh, beneficial, which they still had to bring in, the beneficial um, bill, beneficial, what, what the heck is it called? Beneficial registry or whatever. And he called me fool, fool. But you see, I talking about the UK. 
and UK don't like us. The only thing he gets props on is most of you don't like the UK. And for him to say the UK don't like us and they're trying to hold us down in the European Union, y'all like, yeah, Makiva, now you're talking, honey chill. You're going through. Yeah, yeah, you tell them foreigners. We don't like them either. Okay, but I bet you're not one of you gonna jump out of the UK's lap and go independent. <laughs> How about that for some thought? You hate them so much, but you still gotta lick them. The puppet looking in your face. Hmm? You can hate them all you want. Y'all know the real score. And I'm not saying that they do everything in their best interest. By any stretch of the imagination, I'm saying be careful once again when you allow politicians to get up pandering to your sentiments about how you feel about your mother, because it's basically your mother country. He's pandering to your feelings. And so you were like, oh, yeah, this is why I like McGee he talking straight. Really? Beneficial ownership. Thank you. Well, they said broken clock is right at least twice a day. So we'll give him that sometimes what he says about the UK might be true. But what y'all going to do about it? Y'all not going to do nothing. <laughs> huh? Okay. So he kept saying that somebody was calling him fool. Fool. When he was talking about beneficial interest. And so... Then he said, oh, and the member isn't here. He's not even here today when he just got kicked out. So I was like, oh, he is talking about Wayne Panton. So I picked up the phone. I called Wayne. I said, Wayne, um, where are you, first of all? And he said that he sent his apologies, unlike people like Alden, who would even show up to Parliament, never sent their apologies in, right? He said he's actually off island. I mean, I'm not telling you all the man business, but let's just say that these fools had him stressed out so much. He's probably off seeking medical attention and medical help. And he, he should put his health first. Yeah? So um, he sent his apologies. I hope that they were read in Parliament. I don't even know. I'd have to go back and see. But this man, Makiva Bush, is on the floor of Parliament claiming that Wayne Panton has called him fool-fool. And I said, Wayne, you ever call him fool-fool over this beneficial interest? He was like, what? He's like, first of all, that terminology, that word is not even in my vernacular. Like, that's not how I talk, which I believe him. Uh, he's like, I would never. He's like, what? Listen, Makiva, how much did they pay you to turn into Judas? That's, I only want to know what you're worth. Just tell me the amount they paid you to do what you did the other day. Because just three, four weeks before, you were saying how much you hated Alden McLaughlin. You would never work with the PPM again. You couldn't stand them. They're burnt to turn coat and how they did you so wrong and this, that, and the next thing. And you were going to ride into the sunset with this premiere. But you know, but you know, mm -hmm. he could have done better with me. You know? He could have done better. He could make these charges disappear. He could have he called the DPB's office and I wouldn't be in court. No, no, no. What you need to do is keep your hands off of women, then you wouldn't be in court. Try doing that for a minute. So you get yourself in trouble again and again and again. And you expect Premier, former Premier Panton to put his, his life, his reputation, the country's reputation, his integrity, everything on the line for your no good self? Wow. You're not easy. <laughs> you need Jesus in the worst kind of way. It's bad enough when we do stuff to put ourselves in trouble, but then we refuse to be held accountable, and then we want other people 
to come and clean up our mess and put themselves and the country in jeopardy? You know how quick the UK would listen to me. They would lock this country down and take over worse than they did with Turks and Caicos. And the fact that the father of parliament, who's been there for donkey years, would even suggest to anybody that he would be, he would want a sitting premier to interfere with court cases to help him out. This man has no scruples about him. Y'all hear me? He has no scruples about him. I could never, I've listened as many times as I have been in court. And I'll tell you all the, the funny story. Listen to this now. The very first time I got arrested, let's go way back to 2009, over the dog theft, the little dog I rescued. Do you guys know that the first person I called was Ween Panton? <laughs> Look you now, class. Get your apple cider vinegar moulin drinking water, but sit back. I'm gonna tell you all this story. Mm-hmm. Before Ween entered politics back in the day, we used to talk a lot. I don't even know why, really, because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember how our relationship came about. I guess because he was at Walker's, I was in law school. Like I don't know, but we used to talk all the time, and not about politics, just about life, whatever things happening in the community. So when they came now, talking about you better give us this dog. I was like, oh my god, I'm so scared. You know, back then I didn't know anything about the legal system. I had not even been to court before. I was like, oh my god, they're scaring me. So I was like, who can I call? The only lawyer I got on speed dial is Wayne Panton. So I call him. Wayne, they're here to take this dog, and they're telling me they're gonna arrest me. They're like, what do I do? And he was like, uh, <laughs> I'm a corporate lawyer. He's like, um. Sandy, I don't know. And you know what is so funny? I remember it so because I actually went out. They were like by my door is when I was in my apartment, Newlands. And I went over by the trash bin. I was like talking to him. I'm like, Wayne, I don't know what to do. Scared of police now, you know, because I never, never really had no dealings with them suckers before either. And he said, well, um, you need a criminal lawyer because I'm not really in that section. And then he's like, oh, call Judge Ramsey. Because I used to see her, you know, at the occasional Domino's game back in the day. He's like, call her. Maybe she can tell you what to do. And I was like, okay, magistrate at the time. I was like, okay. And I called her. That's why she had to recuse herself from the case. <laughs> so, but I've never said to anybody, oh, help me get out of this. Call the DPP. Talk to them. No, 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 no. You get yourself a lawyer. Um, Selvin asking how many times I've been arrested. Child, I've lost count. I really have, to be honest. It's ridiculous now. Told it. I mean, and they were batting zero. Trust. Anyway. So imagine, though, a sitting premier being asked to do something like that. The other thing is, McKeever's cash strap. Yeah. This man needs money. That's why he was able to get so bought off easily in this go-around. Imagine what I just said to y'all earlier. We are our own worst enemy. This man has had millions of dollars go through his fingers. I'm sure of that. He had Cambridge Realty. Didn't he have a restaurant one time? He's had all kind of businesses. Now, let me not forget to remind you about this very suspicious-looking letter 
where he is asking someone to deposit over $300,000, the balance of money, where is that now, into his account after he made a cabinet decision. Now, I wasn't there, but honey child, this sounds to me like his hands got greased. His whole body got greased for over $300,000. Y'all see the letter here? Now, he claims that this letter's doctored. He's so fool. Because at the very top, you can even see back in the day when you used to send faxes, it has the very fax line from the Ministry of T-E-D-M-C. You'd have to figure out back in 2004 what ministry that was. 3.41 p.m. Windsor Development Corporation. Who owned Windsor Development Corporation? I bet you it was McKeever Bush. You say he is so used to skirting the law, right? And doing whatever he wanted back in the day. That he could have a letter set on some Windsor Development Corporation, P.O. Box 325 West Bay. Who P.O. Box that is? Yeah. Now, y'all think I'm stupid? Oh, y'all better wake up. Wake up, folks. Wake up. Thank you so much for the internet. Can we say God bless the internet? And whoever developed that, because look, yeah, back in the day, offshore alert. Yeah, honey child, let's give them a little applause. Oh, yes, honey child. Yes, they covered it. They said, ooh, we have a letter from McKeever Bush. To some Stanley Thomas. Who the hell Stanley Thomas is? I don't know. Huh? What I do know <laughs> is that this company is linked to McKeever Bush. He is so stupid, puts it on his letterhead, his signature, the works. Mm-hmm. An offshore alert covered it back in October 7th of 2024. Letter from Cayman Islands politician McKeeva Bush to U.S.-based developer Stanley Thomas seeking payment of $350,000 after ensuring cabinet approval for the latter's property to be rezoned. Wow. And you know what heading they have it on? Bribery and corruption. Wake up, Caymanians. Wake up. This man has been at it a long time and he has been permitted largely by our own people to remain in power and to get away with his shenanigans. That way he pissed off at me. I had one of his little lackeys the other day messaging me talking foolishness about, um, Oh, you need to ease up on McKeever. Listen, don't call my phone. Don't message me. Don't have nothing to say to me about easing up on nobody who is a public servant. Hmm? We hire you and paying you a darn good salary to do a job. And you can't keep your hands clean and out of the cookie jar? You such a crook. Yeah? 
that your name must be all over offshore alert under the heading of bribery and corruption? And y'all want to talk foolishness to me? About I I must go easy on people? Don't, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. If you're smart, don't do it. We've had enough of this type of bribery and corruption-filled politics. Seriously. Right? Why was this man never arrested for this? I mean, the letter is pretty crystal clear, you know? You're telling him to send $350,000 the balance, so no, no, we don't even know how much the money, how much the full payment was. Send it to your personal, this company account. Seriously? My God. This man has had so much money go through his hands over the years. And you know what they say, like I said this morning, easy come, easy go. Right? He hasn't had to work too hard for it. He has sold out. We, the people of this country. Listen, he is as crooked and corrupt as they come. That way nobody not going to tell me nothing. I know he got a paycheck. I know he was begging Mm -hmm. the premier to step in. And when he said, nope, I will never compromise myself. Then begging him for money. Oh, he can't afford to pay his lawyers. Well, sir, if you had done a little bit better with your money over the years and not gamble and drink it out, you'd be able to afford any lawyer in the world. And buying votes, let's throw that in there too because he was doing enough of that in the name of supposedly helping people. (laughs) Y'all can take it. Take it or leave it, honey child. I'm just telling y'all the truth. Yep. That's what it is. That's what it is. Corrupt. Yeah, see the letter there? Offshore alert has it. We have the original. See them side by side? Everybody knows McKeever's signature because, to be honest, it's a very complicated signature. Not easy to, for anybody to <laughs> try to forge that, honey chow. He gives the bank account information. Royal Bank. All of this is easy to verify, you know? All you have to do is simply go. Anybody who worked Royal Bank can tell you, yep, that's Mr. Bush's account number. And in fact, the original letter that we have here redacted the bank account number. Oh, sure, alert, fix you behind. See that account number right there? And that redacted. You see it? In full. Publicly available. For anybody all over the world to see. Look you now. They went into some detail. <laughs> in 2011, it says, Kim Rounds Premier McKeever Bush is embroiled in yet another scandal following the emergence of an incriminated, sorry, incriminating letter that he sent in 20, 2004 to US-based developer asking for $350,000. In the letter, Bush referred to a project in Cayman's Seven Mile Beach area 
and informed Atlanta businessman Stanley Thomas that I have ensured that all of the proposed rezoning issues have been agreed and approved by cabinet. In the next sentence, Bush asked Thomas to send the remaining balance. So we don't even know what the total is. The remaining balance of U.S. dollars, $350,000 to be paid into a bank account in the name of Windsor Development Corporation at the Royal Bank of Canada in Cayman. Windsor Development Corp. is a real estate company operated by Bush, although the sole shareholder was identified as his wife, Carrie Bush. Poor her. She don't even know how this man was putting her in jeopardy because her behind could have gone to jail all these years too. She is the sole. That's why he never wanted no beneficial interest because this kind of stuff wouldn't be going on. He don't want no beneficial registry. Because y'all would know. So Offshore Alert obtained a copy of the Register of Members in June of 2004 while investigating a separate matter of possible corruption involving Bush. He put his poor wife as a sole shareholder. Who does that? Poor Miss Carrie. I'm pretty sure she has no clue about nothing in the world of business. She is a housewife trying to be a good woman and raise children. And be a good wife to this no good politician. The letter from Bush to Thomas is dated October 7, 2004. And while written on the letterhead of Windsor Development Corp., it was faxed to Thomas from a government department, namely the Office of Tourism, Environment, Development, and Commerce, of which Bush was minister at the time. Mm, mm, mm. He was also serving as the political head of government, a position then known as leader of government business. Wow. Corruption much? Corruption much? Seriously? Seriously? Uh, uh, uh. Lord Jesus. Wow. Cayman News Service reported that the letter was discovered in the course of a civil action in February of 2010, and immediately turned over to the jurisdiction's governor, Duncan Taylor, who represents the UK government in Cayman. Local politicians have expressed concern that the governor's office, which has a long history of ignoring corruption, has failed to act over the last 18 months. Oh, wait a minute. These can't be the same governors that McKeever and Chris Saunders be cussing left, right, and center? Come, but they trying to get in their business. And here they are being accused internationally of ignore, having a long history of ignoring corruption. Wow. Hear what they said. However, in response to an inquiry from a local independent member of the Legislative Assembly, Ezra Miller, the governor last month confirmed that the matter is already the subject of an ongoing investigation by the RCIPS. Bush failed to respond to the following questions the offshore alert sent him on August the 11th. Of course, he's not going to respond to them. Asking him if he had a corrupt relationship with Stanley Thomas, he's not going to respond to that. How much was the total that, um, that uh, Thomas was invoiced for? Folks, this is crystal clear. Why this man was never charged is beyond me. Is this, this is corruption. Don't take no, no, I'm Sherlock Holmes. Morning, caller. Hi, good morning. How are you? Not bad, dear. How are you? 
Doing good, doing good, thanks. Nice. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I, I, I heard a bit about the, the I'm sorry, are we live on the show? Uh, yeah, second. yes, yes, sir, you're okay, live. Okay, okay, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I heard a bit uh, yesterday in regards to uh, comments regarding uh, the minister and the, situ- the minister of tourism um, and the situation with the ambulance at the Cayman Islands Classic. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I thought it would just be fair, and just want to be fair, you know, that that again they just heard from side of that. Um, so, just to clarify, mm-hmm. when when we looked into it, um, what happened there that the statement was not correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was at the end of the games, the the transportation buses uh, pull up beside the building to collect uh, the teams. Mm-hmm. And of course, this was towards the very end of the game that, you know, a player got injured. So when they park, um, you know, to, right beside the building, they're, they're, park, they're taking up space on the main road where the ambulance would actually drive. Mm-hmm. And so it just so happened that at this time when they had just come a few minutes before the end of the game to collect the teams, this injury happened. But in the midst of that, the driver had just stepped out. He may have gone to use the bathroom or something. And so when we rushed out to get the bus moved so that it could clear the way for the ambulance, um, we couldn't find the bus driver at that time. And mm-hmm. so when we were scrambling and looking for him, then the ambulance then basically not being able to wait anymore, had to try to get around it. Mm-hmm. And then ended up scratching the bus a little bit uh, or the side of the bus. But, you know, I just want to be fair because to be honest, that really had nothing to do with the Minister of Tourism. Mm-hmm. And there is a designated parking space for dignitaries and for our ministers, mm-hmm. and um, and it was already <laughs> authorized that he was not obstructing where he was parked. Was that the and, designated uh, spot, though? Because I think there was some question about whether that was actually it. Yeah, some other some other folks were act- had actually parked in there that shouldn't have, and so we were looking for an alternate space. And so, as you heard yesterday from from um, from Officer Hall, we had actually checked um, with the paramedics team and stuff, and said, mm-hmm. okay. If we put the minister here, is is it okay? And he did ask if that's okay, and it got cleared. That's no problem. It's not obstructing. So that was clarified before he was allowed mm-hmm. to park there. Okay. But that situation really had nothing to do with the minister, and you know, it's it's just important to to be fair. So mm-hmm. I know perceptions can be different and how people see things, but I thought it was it would just be fair to really let everyone know that that was really what. Mm-hmm. transpired and but there, really it, it. just to just to also clarify something um so there was some sort of an incident with a bus getting scraped or damaged because of this confusing situation yeah yes that that ended up happening um because that was the same bus that was actually there to pick up the teams because mm-hmm. they come to pick up the team right mm-hmm. before um right, right 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 before the game ends so as soon as it ends and they get in and change they can they can leave, you know. So unfortunately, this incident happened right there at the end of the game. So we mm-hmm. definitely met together and then we made provisions to say, okay, mm-hmm. we need to make these adjustments to make sure that does not happen again. Um, so, yeah. so we've already, yeah, met about that. Mm-hmm. But again, just want just wanted to be fair because, uh, like I said, and I mean, as as an organizer of the event, you could probably now see why 
if you're going to have access for an ambulance, it turns out you actually needed the ambulance at that event, yeah. right? If you're going to have um, access for an ambulance, nobody or anything should be anywhere, not the bus, not the minister, not Santa Claus. Nobody should be anywhere near the ambulance. The ambulance have to have full clearance to be able to maneuver, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I mean, in all in all honesty there, when they drive up, once the <clears throat> once the bus the bus driver does not leave the bus because they pull up mm-hmm. right there to get them, but once the bus driver is there in the bus, then immediately there it would not have been an issue at all because we just simply said, look, we're bringing out somebody because mm-hmm. it would have taken a few minutes to do so. We're bringing out somebody. Please just move the bus out of the way right now. But um, but yes, yeah, so we we definitely met and and um, kind of made adjustments in regards to that process as well. All right. Thanks very much. I appreciate the clarification. Okay. Thank All right, you my very dear. much. Thanks too. And the minister right. did message this morning as well. I know that's not oh. the topic that we were on, so we're going to just read this so we can, you know, move past this hopefully. But the minister did say, good morning, Sandra. Can you please clarify the matter of what was said yesterday on your show about my vehicle causing dangerous obstruction for an ambulance? The disinformation has affected my family greatly. Uh, now that you have the truth, please, I'm asking that you tell the people that what was said was not the truth. Thank you and look forward to hearing from you. So thank okay. you very yeah, much. I mean, no problem. I appreciate it. And, you know, like I said, the, the day before we were actually like having to coax the minister to come and park in the dignitary spot because he had just gone and parked in general park and said it's no big deal. We were like, no, you know, let, let's follow protocol, et cetera. We like to do this for our minister. So. Again, I just wanted to be fair, and, mm-hmm. and thanks for your time as well. For Absolutely. Not a problem. All right. Thank take you. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right, folks. And absolutely, I mean, we have, listen, I, no one wants to say something about anybody in the show that isn't true. So if the young man, he called in, he actually you know, said what he said. He had a certain perspective of what went down. He said he was the one who asked the minister to move, and he wouldn't move. Well, the organizers are saying the minister, in their mind, wasn't the issue. Um, it was the bus driver. Well, hopefully some lessons have been learned. Um, and there you go. Um, Siobhan said, no, not Santa Claus. He's not real. Um, Miss Ruthland says this gentleman should be ashamed of himself. He obviously has no concept of what an emergency is. How can this be a personal attack? Mm-mm. What a hot mess. All right. Um, we have more important things to talk about. But again, uh, the minister did send that message. Take it or leave it. The organizers have said, nope, the bus was the issue. Kenneth has said he was told to park there. He was just following instructions. And when he was asked to park, he move, he was happy to move. I wasn't there. Y'all need to get some dash cams. All right, folks. Um, McKeever Bush. Corruption extraordinaire. His entire life he has spent politically uh, playing this game. I will give the people a little something, give them a little sofa, give them a little refrigerator, whatever. But on the other hand, he is raping and pillaging this country. And y'all have been so blinded not to see what has been going on. There's good reason why he can't stand um, this woman from CNS, Wendy Ledger. Because Wendy has done a pretty good job of exposing the hot mess of a situation that this man is. At what point will the people, the voters in West Bay, say we have to do better than this? I don't care what his legacy has been. I don't care that your granny supported him because your poor granny didn't know no better. 
if she knew what he was doing, although he's singing in church choir, what he was really doing out in the real world to women and men and everything else, your poor granny wouldn't have supported that foolishness either, but she didn't know. And the core hard truth wasn't around then. CNS wasn't around then. There wasn't a whole lot of truth telling back in the day. It was a lot easier to fool people. Not anymore. Okay? So, what's it going to be? Hmm? Really and truly, what's it going to be? Well, I'm here to tell you all the truth. And that's all I'm business with. I don't care about anything else. The truth is, this man has had millions of dollars go through his fingers. And he has wasted it. He has wasted opportunities. He's talking about, well, I didn't have no education, you know, but God gave me good common sense. Well, I'm not so sure he did. <laughs> I don't know what God gave you, but good common sense might be questionable. Because you have had opportunities that most of us will never see. And you have wasted it. You're still broke, right? You're still talking about to hire a lawyer. Um, you have to go and take out mortgages on your home and this and that. God didn't give you no common sense at your age if that's the case. Not a man who has hooked and crooked millions of dollars. Remember when the Rich Carlton started at Cambridge Realty, selling thing, and that back then he was leader of government business, leader of tourism, this and that. This man has had his little paws dirty all over the place. And he's had financial gain, and he's ha not had the common sense to even be able to hold on to it. But you know, that what God doing to you. He show you, yeah, you can get it through crookedness, but you're not going to keep it. You're still broke. You should be ashamed of yourself. Good morning, Marco. You should be ashamed of yourself. So back in 2012, his explanation for this letter, because once again, McKeever Bush is not a person that takes any accountability for his behavior ever. He has never been able to say, I'm sorry, I did this. Hear what he said back in 2012, according to the CNS article, because you know, CMR wasn't around then, honey, child. He says that this letter to Stan Thomas demanding a payment of $350,000 to settle an outstanding bill in connection to the rezoning of land on West Bay Road was a mistake on the part of his political assistant, Richard Parchment. Wow. So he mistakenly put your signature in the letter? Huh? He's claimed that the letter, the second letter was sent later that day, clarifying that the money was for real estate services and not rezoning. Listen. What a liar. He signed that letter and he would have read the letter. I don't care who typed it up. He would have read it and not that long of a letter before he signed it. The Kiva Bush has been proven to be a liar time and time again. And this time he threw Richard Parchment under the bus. Is this the same Richard Parchment that just the other day when he's beating up that woman at the bar, she was trying to call to come and get his drunken self? Why do y'all keep hanging around this man when he's done this kind of stuff to you? You think anybody from 2012 would be able to tell this kind of lie on me? And I got to still be friends with McKeever Bush? I would have sued his behind for defamation. Good morning, caller. Morning, Sandy. Morning. You are on a roll this morning, and I like it. 
Listen. Ooh, yes, sir. I got, well, there's two other ones for you. Mm -hmm. You remember the closing of the West Bay Road mm -hmm. for the um, Kempton to be built? Mm -hmm. And when you had the protesters um, from West Bay, um, that they petitioned and they and they marched and so on to try to close, um, to stop that? Yes. What was his um, sentiments? It doesn't matter what they do, they cannot stop it. Mm -hmm. And he was correct because he had already received mm -hmm. X amount of millions mm -hmm. and he could not stop it. Otherwise, he would have to give that money back to Dart. That was one. Maybe you were not in Cayman at this time, but there was a bank. I can't remember the name of it. First Cayman and Bank. The, I had just arrived. Because right. I remember my West Bay friend saying, oh, my mommy he got an account there and she had lose her life savings. And I said, but why y'all don't hold this man accountable? Who is this McKeever Bush? It wasn't was going to hold him accountable. Still voting for him. A, listen, he was a director of the bank. Mm -hmm. he, yes. allowed, he allowed some family member to borrow, I think it was like a million dollars to start um, some... Um, some gardening service business. The money was had. He got a car out of doing the deal. Mm -hmm. um, the money wasn't being paid back. Mm -hmm. So then when the auditors did the, mm -hmm. um, did the um, auditing, mm -hmm. then this came up then as a red flag. And then this is when all the questions started to, um, to be asked. Yes. And as a matter of fact, the car mm -hmm. was taken back. Jeez, okay. in peace. Wow. All right. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, caller. So much corruption over the years. I mean, my God, it, it is shocking. Absolutely shocking. What is wrong with our people? Now, I want to be very, very clear. There's never been any evidence that there's been any corruption around the West Bay deal of the moving the roads with the Dart organization. Dart not going to be trying to sue me. So I want to be very clear. This caller says that in his opinion, money would have been, you know, things would have happened. But even when we have clear evidence, this letter, McKeever tries to brush it aside by saying, no, that's Richard Parchment's fault. And Richard Parchment has got to be the world's biggest fool for him to sit here all of these years and keep his mouth shut over this situation. I mean, honestly, who does that? Like I said, I would have sued him. So this now was a cover up. Here's what the CNS article says. Bush has denied writing or signing the letter and has blamed parchment for the choice of words claiming his political assistant wrote the letter and put Bush's digitalized signature on it and sent it to Thomas. Really? In 2004, we had digital signatures? Come on now. We all know that's a bold-faced lie. No, no, and no. Oh, my gosh. Mm-mm-mm. Well, the letter goes on to say that Parchment has reportedly confirmed Bush's description of events to the police. Of course he did, because he's stupider than Bush. This man has allowed himself to be used as a pawn. 
That's why all now they still got to be getting on boards and getting political kickbacks and favors because they know where the friggin' bones are buried from Akiva. You hear me? All the bones. They know where they're buried. Makiva got enough on them that they would have to lie to police to cover his fat. You know what I mean. So, of course, parchment would go, this, go on with this kind of foolishness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's still a question over when the letter was sent. The correspondence referring to the zoning is dated October 7th, but the ministry fax machine from which a letter was sent has a timestamp document on October the 15th, with the second letter also dated October the 7th and reportedly sent from the same machine on the same day with no fax timestamp. Parchment claims that both letters were sent on the 7th. Really? I don't think so. The second letter was dated the 7th, but no timestamp on it. Come on now. We're not that stupid. It has no timestamp on it because it was never sent. Back in those days, you couldn't fool a facsimile machine. They was old. When you sent them, you got that little thing at the top and that was it. So they couldn't produce one with a stamp on, of the same day because it never existed. You see how much they can lie? A letter, an April letter that sent out the original bill, which was also leaked to a local newspaper, as appears also to have been in a legal bundle, which sets out the full invoice for $750,000, which is described as a real estate commission. The sale on the land in question was settled in February 2004, but according to other witness statements given to the police, by real estate agent Brian White, the deal between Gil Freytag, I don't know who the hell that is, and Thomas, had originally been signed in May 2003 for an agreed price of $28 million, but was delayed for a number of reasons and eventually settled, he believed, in January of 2004 and registered in February. Too much mix-up. $750,000. Wow. Mm -mm -mm. Y'all have got to understand how much money has gone through this man's hand. He didn't do anything for the people of this country out of anything altruistic. He did it because he was always getting a, a kickback. I'm telling y'all. And nobody can tell me now the decision that he made the other day. He didn't get a kickback. The only question I have is how much was it? That's the only question I have. How much? What did you sell your soul for this time? You can sing all you want in church choirs, sir. You and Julie need to be sitting in the same pew together. Two devils. You already saw what she did to you when she removed you. Vote of no confidence and removed you. You need to sit together in church. Because both y'all need some serious repenting. You have the people fooled, but those days are long gone. You're not going to be fooled. I know that much. You know, I try to give you the benefit of the doubt, but I can't sit back. And I want to say, where, where's cousin Kail, um this morning? He posted some foolishness um, for today's show. But, oh, but you were supporting these people. Let me tell you something. Y'all need to wake up. Okay, wake up. 
Because I don't support foolishness and I don't support nobody who supports foolishness. You will have my support until I know different and I know better. And when you see me say something about somebody and pull my support, you know it's serious. Because I don't take that lightly, none at all. Right? Y'all see me talking about Kathy. No, what, what is Sandy's problem with Kathy? <laughs> we got a big problem. Because I do not take it lightly when someone who's elected to public office deceives and lies to the people of this country. To me, that is a personal affront, especially when I have had you here on this program claiming that you want what is best for Caymanians in this country. And when I see differently, yes, I'm going to use the same energy and inform the people that you are not what we thought. We got someone segue into that situation. Let me say this. Honestly, a lot of what is swirling around even now with the premier, the National Conservation Council, all of this stuff, it's all interconnected. You see, the leaders of this country have been selling us down the river to developers from time. Like even not only one. They have always done it. Poor Debbie said she lost money in that bank. They have always done it. And they have done it with complete impunity. Is that the word I'm looking for? Or, or immunity? Immunity, I think, is a better word. Impunity or immunity? Immunity. Right? Nobody held them accountable. How this case went this way. Nobody got arrested for this. Right? Not even arrested, much less charged. Because his MP, his political assistant, whatever his name is, Richard Parchment, was willing, impunity, thank you, and immunity, was willing to lie for him. The fax machines didn't even add up. And he still slid right through. Huh? Far too long. This is the foolishness. This is absolutely ridiculous. Look at this one now, talking about First Cayman Bank. This is an article from October 31st, 1997. McKeever Bush to be fired after First Cayman Bank collapses. McKeever Bush, a director of First Cayman Bank, who lied about his directorship after the bank collapsed, say what? McKeever Bush a liar? Say it ain't so. Who lied about his directorship after the bank collapsed amid allegations of fraud, is expected to be officially removed as a government minister when the Cayman Islands Legislative Assembly begins its next session on Friday, October the 31st. This is back in 1997. I had just arrived on island, so that's why when the caller said, I don't know if you were here yet, I barely remember because I came back like in September of 96. So I do remember this a little bit, but thank God for archives. Bush has become an acute embarrassment to the Cayman government since first Cayman collapsed earlier this month, particularly with an international banking conference taking place on the island. Cayman Governor John Owen officially stripped him of all ministerial responsibilities. Wow, again? On October 23rd, but only the members of the Legislative Assembly can legally strip him as a minister. Let me say this. So back in 1997, 
But they're already stripping Makiva of power in parliament. The governor did what he could do. It it has taken us, what, do the math, somebody. Um, 2023, 1997. Yeah, he's still being fired. 26 years later, these MPs have put nothing in place to be able to even recall people like him. They tell you that we have to sit down and wait till the next election when your memory has faded about the devils that you've elected to public office. 26 years after the first time he was stripped of power by the governor, the then governor, he is still doing shenanigans. And the last administration, the PPM, wouldn't hold him accountable. This time... <laughs> Premier, former Premier Panton made him resign and don't think he didn't come to the table told me he didn't get money out of that too, but he didn't. Y'all don't see the big picture here? This man has created chaos in her government the entire time he has been there. And there's been no real accountability for his behavior. So he lied. Opposition members in the 15-member parliament are determined that it must be the national team government, not the opposition, that calls a vote of no confidence in Bush. You see, back then, playing games too. Issued a press release calling for him to resign. Many of the creditors live in his West Bay constituency, where he officially opened a branch of First Cayman Bank, at which he admitted that he had loans from the bank for his house, a car, and was about to get further loans for his children's college education overseas. Hmm. Instead of putting his hands up in the air and saying something along the lines of, yes, I was a director, but I knew nothing about the alleged fraud, which many Caymanians believe might have been enough for him to cling on to his ministership, Bush appears to be living in self-denial. <laughs> Although he has refused to be interviewed, he issued a statement to the local press denying that he ever accepted a directorship of First Cayman Bank, even though he declared as much in his own handwriting in the register of interest for the members of the Legislative Assembly. Caymanians. A man can declare something in his own handwriting and then lie to the people that he's not a director. So then you gonna believe him about this Stanley Thomas letter? That it was his PA who put his electronic signature on it? When are we going to stop listening to these MPs and their lies? This is ridiculous. It says, remarkably, he claimed that he was only a director of FCB's parent company, Gulf Union, which would apparently not only leave himself open to allegations of fraud at Cayman first, I mean, sorry, at first Cayman, but also at its sister company in the Bahamas, where there are allegations of illegal transfers of money. <laughs> he also claims that he never attended, nor had he ever been invited to any director's meetings. <laughs> which begs the question of what he thought his duties of a director were, other than to pick up his director's checks and drive around in a shiny new Volvo car that the bank had assigned to him. Wow. 
Nothing has come of Bush's threats to sue this newsletter for reporting that he was a director first Cayman Bank and for also reporting information that he received a CI $50,000 commission. Sorry, for arranging a $1.1 million problem loan at the bank to that taxi driver Roland Ebanks so that taxi driver Roland Ebanks could buy a paving company. Who the heck is Roland Ebanks? <laughs> Steve McField, one of his lawyers, one of his two lawyers hired to sue Offshore Alert for allegedly libeling him, resigned after discovering that Bush lied to him about being a director of SCB and the other, Orrin Marin, resigned after a conflict of interest since he had also represented the owner of the bank, Sheikh Jabor bin Mohammed al-Tabba? Thani? What a mess. Oh, my God. Mm-mm-mm. Offshore Alert has been made aware that there are numerous documents proving that Bush was a director of First Cayman Bank and that he signed his name as such. And there's even reportedly a document with his signature on it in relation to the loan to e-banks. Since First Cayman Bank collapsed, the Cayman regulators have said there's evidence of fraudulent loans at the bank, which have been placed into liquidation with Deloitte and Touche uh, being appointed liquidator. The government said that local deposit as FCB totals $6.2 million. Bahamian regulators are also still investigating allegations that funds were transferred from the Bahamas to Cayman, putting the solvency of Gulf Union Bahamas at risk. Sources in Cayman have indicated that Eurobank Corp, whose investigation at first Cayman Bank prior to a possible purchase uncovered its insolvency, uh, may have approved for a coveted Class A bank license, uh, may have been, sorry, in return for its efforts and a donation of $2 million to help assist local residents who had deposits at the bank. Wow, wow, and more wow. Y'all wake up yet? Anybody anybody falling asleep at the wheel? Are y'all with me? Hmm? Mm -mm. All of this in relation to all the other stuff. And nobody ever holds this man accountable. He continues to do whatever he wishes to do at the expense, ultimately, of the people of the Cayman Islands. Let's move on. Developers. Big money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, you saw from today's um, headline story, there's a storm that's a-brewing. I need to explain this storm to y'all. Wait in here. What is this all about? Well, some people have an issue with this woman in the middle. You've heard her name before. Her name is Jennifer Ahern. She is, um, I think, now chief officer in the Ministry of Sustainability, Development, whatever. Let me, let me get your full title. Right? So she's working in the Premier's Ministry. Um, Chief Officer, Ministry of Sustainability and Climate Resiliency, Cayman Islands government. She's been with the service quite some time. Apparently, 
John, John has an issue with this woman because remember she was his chief officer uh, when he was the minister of um, health. Well, she's been with government looks like, oh gosh, at, at least since, let me try to go back based on her LinkedIn. She started with the department planning back in 1997. So she'd been a civil servant, I guess, all that time. She started as a planning officer. She's been with MRCU. She went to deputy chief officer, chief officer, permanent secretary, Ministry of Health and Culture. She was there for 10 years. Then strategic operations officer for four years. And then the Ministry of Sustainability and Climate Resiliency um, for two years and five months. John John has a problem with this woman because apparently for whatever people might think her faults are, she believes in getting things done right, especially when it comes to spending government money in big projects like the Regen Project. Okay? So back in 2019, CMR published an article saying breaking Ahern is out. Now, she wasn't out of the civil service because not even John John is that stupid. But he got rid of her out of his ministry. Yes, and the same one, that the, the big fight with her and Ozzy and the Driftwood came about. Yes, somebody, all y'all remember, I see the messages popping up about Driftwood. Yes, my dear, honey, chow. So that was this. It seems as though she really, let me see if I can pull this up. She really believes in, you know, if you submit a bill, yeah, she's going to question it, this, that, and the next thing. And you know why? I'll tell you why I believe she's like this. And I've never had a conversation with a woman of any substance, so I can't say. Remember the whole fiasco with um, Jeff Webb? Kier P and um, uh, what's his name now that's in jail again? Um, Canova Watson. She was the chief officer when all of that went down. And I believe that she should have asked more questions. Yeah. So from that, I think she has a bitter taste in her mouth, especially when it comes to politicians and people wanting to sign off on contracts. So she's triple checking, double checking. Are the people really getting value for money? Let's not do this. Let's not do that. So it seems like she's now hyper vigilant on getting it right. This is just my opinion. Take it or leave it for what it's worth. But this is what I believe is going on with her. And so because she is hyper vigilant for getting it right, she's asking a lot of questions. Okay. You've submitted a phone bill for payment. I need to know that these phone bills are related to government calls and not your own personal phone calls. You're submitting travel vouchers. Uh, were you actually on government business or were you taking a little vacation? You know, and some people don't, especially men, don't like her questioning them because, you know, they believe they're running the show. Just like I could tell y'all. John John's company, APS, when the progressives were in, and by the way, it's Cayman Airways that pays that bill. Go ask Cayman Airways how they could be instructed allegedly by Minister Kirkernal to just pay his bills without questioning the amount on the invoice. If they invoice you for a million dollars, just pay it. 
Meanwhile, the man not paying pensions or insurance for his employers, a lot of them. And on top of it, Cayman Airways owes money to people. How can Cayman Airways be in the arrears to CIAA to the tune of seven, eight million dollars? Answer that question. But yet when they get an invoice from APS, they pay it. Y'all better pay the invoice from CIAA. That's what you better try and do. Too much slackness going on in this country. So Jennifer has a reputation. Does she not go down and make her reputation go down the toilet with these political fools? Yeah. So she's involved now in the Regen project. And she's been asking a lot of questions. And even back in 2019, when we did the story that says she's out because John John was like, I can't work with her. Move her, blah, blah, blah. You know what it was somebody sent to me? They said, you know, Sandy. And in fact, this came from a politician. And I call him his name. Because I'm not, I don't, I'm not outing all my sources. And trust me, this is not a politician that I even like, but I'm still not calling his name. The person said to me, you know, the irony of it is she's actually just doing her job. She is asking the right questions to ensure that the people get value for money. And so it is beyond ironic that they're trying to put blame on her and try to make her out to this to be this horrible person when in fact she's actually doing the right thing asking the right questions but they don't like that cuz they want what they want and they want to push through all kind of foolishness when they're ready hmm? go ahead and read this article from 2019 when John John had her moved no good reason for doing so he never said anything that the woman did. But my well-placed sources said this was all about her asking too many questions. Oh, she holding up this, she holding up this project. She being put too particular. Well, when you're gonna get involved in a project of this magnitude with this kind of money at stake and the future of our entire recycling program, garbage distribution and placement, the moving of the dump. This is a massive program, a massive undertaking. We better get it right. Remember the other day when um, Chris Saunders was up in his feelings when the premier fired him? The first thing he ran to was this because this is easy to run to. Oh, this government got to spend billions of dollars on this and mess up our future. Mm-hmm. Wow. You have a civil servant who's trying to ensure that it doesn't mess up our future. And they're trying to get rid of this woman. John John moved her. She not she never had no problem with Premier Panton, so that's kind of interesting. They are very, 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 very close to getting this deal finally done and you know what the streets are talking because now kathy is the minister of resiliency and climate whatever she's taken this over so this is her chief officer the streets are saying that kathy is being pressured by people like john john and others 
to get rid of Jennifer again. Why? You're this close to it being a signed deal. What are you going to get out of delaying it again by trying to what, bring in a chief officer who don't know what's going on with the project and who just wants to sign on the dotted line? Hmm. There's a couple key issues I understand that are still outstanding. Hear what they are. Pay very, very, very close attention to what I'm about to tell you. One of the key issues is that the issuance of an LCCL, right? Local Companies Control Law. Y'all know what that is? That is when a foreign company wants to come in here, a foreign entity wants to come in. They have to get this issued and has certain restrictions in place. It's in the law. You can go look at the local companies, control law licensing process, what's required. You got to advertise. You got to do this. You got to do that, whatever. Apparently, some of the people who are coming in as part of the conglomerate would be subject to this because there's no Caymanians who are part of the conglomerate, like no massive Caymanian company. My well-placed sources have said that John John the same man who has told you all that he wants to stop all work permits from being issued. That's what he ran his platform. He ran the last campaign on. He is saying as cabinet, we should waive the requirement for them to get an LCCL. That's a problem. They can get an LCCL, which allows them to operate without a Caymanian partner. But there's certain things that have to be met legally in order for that to happen. He wants to waive that requirement. He's not going to be able to waive the requirement with Jennifer Earhorn there. This is C-Man who told you the voters of Borden Town and the people of the Cayman Islands that we must stop foreign workers from coming into this country. No more work permits. That's what he said during the last election. And y'all were clapping. Yay, John, John. Yeah, buddy, we want you in office. And behind closed doors, this man is cutting off the people of this country by wanting to make exemptions for people who don't really need an exemption. And, and, and whose benefit? He also wants to have work permit requirements waived. Oh, they don't need no work permit requirements. Just let them come in. Kathy don't know what she's doing yet. That way telling you, putting green people in a position like this, she will be played to the hilts. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandra. How are you today? Not bad. How are you? I'm all right, love. Good morning, Kim and Ireland. Mm -hmm. Good morning, everybody else. Sandra, I'm going to tell you mm -hmm. what I witnessed when I was younger. I was delivering food for Ching Chinese, the Chinese place that used to be in Marco Senator. And I had to deliver Chinese food to first came on back. And mm -hmm. there was a young lady there, beautiful young Cayman young girl who was at that front desk. Most of the time, she was smiling and everything. When mm -hmm. I came in one day, she had three or four people standing over her above that desk looking at the computer screen. 
the poor girl had fear in her eyes and all four oversized gentlemen were hanging over her like a black cloud. Mm-mm. One of those people was William McKeever Bush. Mm-hmm. Okay? Another man was an Asian gentleman. Mm-hmm. Now, I do not know if this is truth or fact, but I was told by some other folks that that Asian gentleman ended up getting killed in the Bahamas. Murdered. Off. Okay? But I can tell everybody including the glory almighty. Mm-hmm. Uh, William McKeever Bush was right there because it was just a few, a little bit of time passed after that, that that bank, bank went down. And the people who lost their money out of that were the little old ladies mm-hmm. who worked their mm-hmm. ass off and their lives just in keep, the Lord's be, be mindful, be, mind, be, be mindful of the people, be mar- honest people who worked <laughs> and lost their money for him using that bank for his own yes, political just, just expediency. Be, Make sure you and watch your language, honey child, because you know they, they, they're looking keen. They're looking keen right. to, to oh, get rid of us here will, this morning. I will watch my language, but yes. I can tell you this for fact. I will witness that. If mm-hmm. I had any faith in the justice system and came on, I'd go in front of a court and tell them that. Mm-hmm. Right? And I would say that in front of God Almighty. Mm-hmm. I witnessed that man mm-hmm. there right before the whole cup wow. crumble. Tell me something. he was running a scam what, and what? a sham, and that's all he's doing now, and yeah. that's the same bunch of Buzzard, buggered, black guards. We got at the helm of this country. Mm-mm-mm. Still to this day. Wow. And anybody who had dealings with our man from way back then knew the quality of character and the lack thereof of that certain individual. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. And let me ask you a question now, Miss Sandra, yes. before I leave and go try continue my day. Yes, sir. I was told prior to the first came on. Mm-hmm. Bank, brouhaha, scandal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That Mr. William McKeever Bush was found guilty in a court of law, charged and convicted of an offense of fraud concerning Cayman National Bank. Now, I do not have the wherewithal or the resources to know if this is truth and fact. But if there is a law within our country that says no man can be or woman can be a politician and serve the people, in our woefully inadequate semblance and farce of democracy we're supposed to accept, mm-hmm. if they have been proven and convicted guilty of an offense of mm-hmm. dishonesty, which is what fraud is, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like for you, please, my dear, mm-hmm. do some research and see if it is actually truth and fact that William McKeever Bush was actually found and convicted guilty of an offense concerning fraud or otherwise dishonesty involving Cayman National Bank. And if that is the case, but somebody please tell me why the man is still allowed to stand for elected offices. Because our people are stupid. I can tell you why. Because our people keep voting him in. And as long as he continues to get a seat in office, he is going to have a position, right? Because of the numbers, it's a numbers game. So once he is in there, whether it's PPM, UP up, it don't make no difference. He knows they're all going to need him. So the only way, and I want to make this very, very clear, the only way to finally stop McKeever Bush dead in his tracks is to remove him from public office. The man claims he's not going to run again. I am willing to bet every dollar I have in the bank, and not that much, but I'm willing to put on the line and tell you that this man is a bold-faced liar and he will run again. 
The people need to ensure he does not get back in. How much are we going to take from this one man when it comes to the disruption and destruction of this country? Oh, he's done so much for the little people. Really? How much has he done for himself first and foremost? Sandra, Pablo Escobar was known to be a very prolific, supposed philanthropist. Yes, it's smoke screen and mirrors. Sociopathic, narcissistic predators do. Cut! That's Y'all right. Have a great day. Listen, Thank Sandra, you. Come yes, up there and see if that CNB thing is true to fact. I'll try and find out. Thank you. And if it is true to fact, I would like to see you. Please address that. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day. You Kim, too. Man. I mean, listen, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what this man has done over the years. What has kept him in power for so long? This is an indictment on us as a community. That means that we, the people, continue to say we want better, but we are also duplicitous and a bunch of liars. We can't say we want better and go to the polls and keep making this kind of amateurish mistake. Come now. How is it possible? We, we blame the politicians for what they do, but we give them the power. Caller, good morning. Yeah, yeah, good morning. Morning, dear. It's Makiwa, Makiwa Bush is a, is the little small man. Hmm? If I'm not figure it out yet, he's a small man. He's just a pawn. He got bigger man behind him, worse man behind him. And some of them people is in the justice system. And not only the people voting him in, it's, it's, it's other strings that is being pulled to make sure that this man get elected, if I can't put it together. Look at the same thing with Jeff Webb. He not, he, he, Makiwa Bush isn't the only one. You think Jeff Webb can do any, 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 any time here in prison? The, the, uh, Kanoa Watson was, was, was the small man. There's bigger people behind them. Well, it's listen, a listen, shadow. listen Some to me. The puppet, the puppet masters is who, yeah. we got, who, is who we got to take down. Well, you know, you know what? You know? you know what, too? Sometimes you take the puppets out of the situation and the puppet master don't have nobody to control. Well, you're 100% right with that, too. But you got to start with the biggest one. They are, are, well, are you, they you, can never, making, you can never start, you can never start with the biggest ones. So you start, you start where you can. And if you got to work your way up, work your way sideways, whatever, then you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, tell me something. Who's responsible now for bringing in, um, bringing Jeff, Jeff Webb here back to face since uh, his court crime? But you were talking about the other day that he got. If if if, if anybody can bring him back here, who's 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 responsible for bringing back bringing him back here? Well, I mean, isn't we got, that, we, isn't that the justice, we have we have to wait. System? We have to wait until the U.S. you know does whatever it is that they're gonna do. I mean, we but don't. We all, all now. All now. Sorry. He's free as a bird now, you know. He done he done that go all in charges, you know. He's not gonna more charges on him now. He done that in time. He's free. They haven't sentenced him yet. I mean, I don't believe he can get sentenced in jail time, but until they do that, he's still part of the court proceedings. 
Well, as far as I know, I thought he was done free because he, 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 he did he's, he's, he's free he in the... No, he, he's free in the sense that he's obviously walking around doing whatever, whatever the heck he wants, but they've not concluded the court proceedings. And legally, well, yeah, that needs to be done before we can probably go move towards extradition. Well, you see, this is a worldwide, this is a worldwide thing. Puppet masters behind him again, too. Yeah. You know, and puppet masters pulling the strings in the court, even in the U.S., money, money is what run things all over the world. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to need, need a part. You're not going to hear a politician go to jail in Cayman Islands, not mm -hmm. even in the, in the British, not even in the United States. Need a politician. You, 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 you never hear that. You mm -hmm. never hear that. I've eaten to the day all this white collar crime going on. Yeah. And, and you see anybody going, anybody going to jail for, 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 for serious white collar crime. Nope, not not a one. And they're gonna continue to happen too. Nobody not going to jail. Only the little small man for smoking he ganja. Well, I tell you what, um, we can we can disagree on some of the finer points because there's a lot of people who would have thought that Jeff Webb was untouchable. There's a lot of people, he was at the top of his game. There's a lot of people that thought the likes of Canova Watson was untouchable. You know, and now he's sitting in jail again for the second time. So yeah, no, nobody's just, untouchable. Small, a lot of people yeah, thought, no, but small, they're not man. as small as you think. They're not as small as you think. People like McKeever Bush have a lot of power in this country, and this is my point, right? And he has gotten away with a lot for the better half of 45 years. For this man to have been arrested, multiple charge, and even the last time charged and convicted and given a suspended jail sentence is unheard of. It is shocking and amazing that he was finally held exactly. accountable. Exactly. And we shouldn't so stop that, that holding reason. anybody accountable. Everybody has hmm. to be held to account. Well, so well, because I because agree, you I can't get listen to me now, because you can't yet get to the puppet master, don't mean that you do nothing about the puppets. You address them too. And you let them know we the people have had enough. Yeah, All right, my dear. I will to when the people decide that they had enough. Well, me too. I mean, I'm I, waiting I, I too. Mean, I've been waiting a long time, forever, forever, never, ever. Amen. <laughs> Let's see what happens, <laughs> my dear. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Look at this. This one says, good morning, Sandy. And you know that including them too with their high salaries shaking my head. So this is a question that someone has asked is if um, everybody's getting this 1500, does that include elected officials? It's a good question. I could understand them given the underpaid staff because um, some still making $1,800 a month, $3,000 per month, that would help them um, a better have a better Christmas. And if someone is making 3,500 and above, give them 500, if that much. What they should do is a 5% increase to staff that is making figures um, above per month. Honey Chow, benefits for their pockets. Juliana, like she would like to break the island. She don't care, but she will break it and under her premiership. Sandy, this government is like they're building a social welfare system. They want people to have to rely on them. <laughs> what, a, what a mess these islands are in, Honey Chow. Sandra from Akiva. It is not lack of maturity. It's lack of sense, honey jail. The person using a lot of honey jails. Um, what him and his sisters needs to do is stop tormenting and harassing people. But one day, someone will hit one of them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, they go on to say, Sandy, Richard Parchment was on his platform up until last election. 
So what they talking about, Richard was Makiva's right hand. Makiva is a thief, um, their opinion. And, but you know, and when he can steal from the lady who was buying a van from him, then we know he's the lowest thief. I keep telling her to call you because she got her receipts from banking the money into his CNB bank account. Please remember that Ozzy had a problem with her too. And that's where the whole driftwood came from, honey jail. Makiva is like, who's Duche with the bank? I don't even know who that is. But all right, honey chill. What a hot mess. Mm, mm, mm. Um, another person says previous MPs, MLAs are allowed to sit in the chamber. He was all over the place, but nowhere at the same time, referring to Makiva's speech yesterday. Um, this person. What? Hot mess. Okay. Let me see here now. Ritz Carlton, two free beach units from James Ryan was given to Makiva. He probably not even got that anymore because he just... Gil Freytag is, was the developer of Vista de Mar down in Yacht Club. Some of y'all putting this in context. Um, Richard Parchment is, of course, now the deputy director of Cayman Port. Makiva still looking out for his people. Yep. No surprise there. Um, Sandy, when they're campaigning in 2024, no, it'll be 2025, you need to do a series of all their failures and play it on repeat. <laughs> oh my God. How many souls have Makiva, how many souls Makiva has to sell though? He's sure, you sure he doesn't lease his soul to the devil instead? Oh, maybe there's a lease program. I'm not too sure. Anything is possible. This person said, Stan, Thomas owned all the land by Safe Haven and we're dot bought by the bypass. Yes, sir. $150,000 may be perceived as hush money to keep the civil service happy temporarily. We should wait to see the budget. Sandra, the government is broke and trying to uh, move funds around to deal with the shortfall within their respective departments. People need to be smart with their money and brace as we are in a recession. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, sir. Um, somebody said Mac was definitely drunk yesterday. He wasn't drunk. That's his normal self, narcissistic. Uh, anyway, happy civil servants getting something. How do people not understand live on radio? Chris speaks on both sides of his, you put it together, and it's not his mouth, it's the other end. First, he was against pension access. Now he wants people to bleed the system. Make up your mind, fools. That's what this person said. Um, oh, Richard Barton is on the radio this morning. Wasn't he fired from the PSPB board? They not fired him yet? Poor him. He up in his feelings. Okay. Somebody sent a video. Um, completed. Okay. Good morning. Somebody said, what happened to the kaboom button? Honey, child, it's right there so... My grandma always tell us that having kids that you can't afford to maintain will peg you down in whatless land. <laughs> Amen, honey chill. Amen to that one. All right. Um, let me see here now. Uh, this person says, um, in the nutshell, in terms of many regulations. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, some of y'all, some of y'all deleting y'all messages. You're having second thoughts. <laughs> what a hot mess this morning, folks. We're going to watch this situation with Jennifer Ahern because, um, like I said, it's, it's not a good look. Um, somebody said, well, since they're giving up money, what about the pensioners? Are they going to get that $1,500 too? That would it get every one of you should go begging for the $1,500 from granny to sook sook to the very aunt. Go, go all get your money, bleed the country dry because when we all are hemorrhaging and the country is broke and in a deficit, only then maybe you'll start to make better decisions. When the country, the government can't pay its bills and civil servants can't get paid. And then they put another hiring freeze in place. And they start to fire some of y'all. You won't be so happy about the fifteen hundred dollars then. How about that? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, this person says that Cayman Airways owns the owes the CINWS money too. C- Cayman Islands National Weather Service. What do they pay them for? Well, it sounds like Cayman Airways better try and pay their bills. They can pay APS bill though. They can pay a minister his money. I bet you they don't owe him no money. Look like we need to do an FOI to see exactly who came in anyways owes money to. Hmm. Where's my black notebook? Let me write it down, honey child. Y'all give me one second now. Mm-hmm. Okay. F-O-I. F-O-I. C-A-L. Money. Owed. I heard it's over $7 million to CIAE. I wonder how much they owe the Weather Service. But I bet you APS not going to be on that because John John getting his money. Although he not paying staff. Hmm. What a calamity. Good morning, caller. Morning. How are you doing? Right here, honey child. Sound like your blood pressure is a little high today. My dear, I better check it after the show. Did you take your pill? I takes it at night. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, when I listen to the things that you're describing, you make it seem as if the government changed a few days ago. Mm-hmm. Actually, well, you, you talk about it as if the new premier is doing this and the new premier is doing that. But the government didn't actually change at all. Mm-hmm. Because the way it really works mm-hmm. is that if you read section 43 of the constitution you'll see that the responsibility for making for carrying out the um authority that is vested in the governor is done through the cabinet and if you go to the cabinet manual um clause Mm 20.2 you'll see that the decisions are made by the majority consensus of the majority. And if I can count, I know you, you, you don't profess to be a math expert, neither do I, mm-hmm. but she is a minority in cabinet, mm-hmm. which means that the majority that has always been there are, is still there. Mm-hmm. What she is, is she is the interface between the cabinet and the governor slash public about what the cabinet has decided to do. 
Mm-hmm. So the this so the actions rightly so shouldn't be put on her alone. Mm-hmm. It's the majority. So any policies, whether they like it or not, and they only have one choice if they don't want to be branded with the decisions of cabinet, is that the cabinet manual also says that if you don't agree with the cabinet on something and mm-hmm. you just can't live with it, your only choice is to resign. Hmm. Well, so, all I know is Rosary beads better be handed out to all of them. I might have to well, go on Amazon, see if I can't find a, a bucket of rosary well, beads. The reason he abstained, and my this is just speculation on my part. No one said this to me. I, I'm just thinking about what the rules are mm-hmm. and listening to what he said. Mm-hmm. I I I got what I got from what he did was he wanted to vote with the motion but couldn't because he didn't want to resign. And he chose to abstain. Hmm. Oh, I got some beautiful rosary beads on Amazon, honey child. They come in all kind of colors and but, stuff. But, but the point, <laughs> but the point, the, I, I don't want to distract from what you're saying. Yes. I, I just want, I just want the blame for what is happening not to be placed on her. Mm-hmm. I want people to understand. On her that, alone. On her alone. Okay. Because the, the truth of the matter mm-hmm. is, is that Wayne Panton don't make edicts. Mm-hmm. And Juliana don't make edicts and pass them down to other. But but could it, could it be said? Let me ask you a question here now, because this really is a fundamental question of why we needed to go. Right? Could it be said that he was still keeping some degree of control over the decisions that was coming out of cabinet and refusing to allow them to run amok of things, even like the law? Because some of them were like, "Oh, let's ignore the national conservation law and just put this bypass through, no matter what. Let's ignore this. Let's ignore that. Let's ignore planning. Let's continue to have government departments suing each other. We need you to put money in the budget." And my understanding is he was refusing to put money in the budget. For this to go all the way to the Privy Council, which the courts have denied anyway, so it's still not going nowhere. So you know, you know, there's still things. I, I, I ag- no, I agree with the net effect of what you were saying, but I wouldn't use the word control. And, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, I think the correct word is influence, because if you if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, um, you know, we can't do that because the law says X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Of course, that puts you in a difficult position. Mm-hmm. But it's not control. Look at these beautiful I, rosary it, beads. It, I need some of these, honey, jail. It's not control. It's influence. Yes. Okay. Well, he was influencing them to do the right thing by refusing to go along with their shenanigans. How about that? Right. But 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 realize that the majority decision mm-hmm. rests with the majority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Okay. Thank you, dear sir. Bye. Boy, they got some pretty looking rosary beads on Amazon. I mean, I'm not Catholic. Like I said, I don't even know anything about the Catholic faith, really. Except they like a lot of ceremonial stuff, but yeah, these are pretty. Look at this one. So do do all rosary beads have a little cross on it? Is that customary? Because they all seem to on Amazon. Um, I think we better we better get something. We all need rosary beads here in a minute now. What a mess, child. What a mess. Nine three six two six two six. A few more comments coming in. Hold on, let's read these. Somebody says yes, they do come with. <laughs> they do come with a cross, Sandy. All right, here's another one about socialism. Mm -hmm. This one says, socialism has taken root in Cayman and it was cemented with the decisions made in parliament yesterday. 
The politicians who unanimously passed the amendments to the Pensions Act yesterday should not have done so unless they are all prepared to sit with their children and grandchildren, if they have them, and tell them honestly that their decision yesterday has created a significant debt that they're passing on to them and that they will have to pay for. In decades to come, this debt will have to be repaid through taxation on their children and grandchildren. Yeah, they kick in the can down the, the field and they don't care. The decision has further undermined an already underfunded pension fund. They must be honest with this with their children and grandchildren. The PPM opposition should have opposed this for the reasons stated above, but they all refuse to do so because they're afraid of losing votes. The, this, ladies and gentlemen, is how socialism becomes entrenched in a country and ultimately destroys it. It is truly time for a disruptor to lead a group of politicians in Cayman that will make the difficult and sensible decisions that are required today to save our beloved Cayman Islands from these wicked people who are now running our country. Mm, mm, mm. Amen. If I had my rosary beads right now, I'd be rubbing them to pieces, honey child. Couldn't agree with you more. But the people have got to be wiser. I am praying for wisdom of our people. You can't allow this vote buying to work. So you don't have a choice. If you're a civil servant, they're giving you the money. You can't say, nope, don't give it to me. The only thing I can do, civil servants, is ask you to use it wisely. You don't need anything more for Christmas. This year, I don't even feel like celebrating Christmas, to be honest, in the commercial sense. You don't need anything more for Christmas, right? You're standing above ground. You got life. You got your health. You're already blessed. Don't buy nothing else that you were not planning on just because you're getting $1,500. What you do with that money is take it straight to the bank. As a matter of fact, don't even take it out of the bank. <clears throat> this is what you must do. Email your bank of preference, whoever you bank with. Say, please take that $1,500 and put it on my mortgage principal. Do yourselves a favor every year and try to get ahead of these mortgage, my people. Pay off some debt with that. Somebody else was just telling me that they they trying to do all kind of stuff creatively ahead of the holidays, raise some extra money because they went and took out a furniture loan with the bank, getting a new house already indebted with a mortgage through through the government system, getting one of those government affordable homes, and then they got to go take out a furniture loan. Y'all need fiscal. Oh, my God. We need the help. That's a bad decision. Oh, credit union was offering free money. Not free. You're going to pay for that furniture. It's not worth it. You move into your house. All you need is a little bit. Let me tell y'all something. You see, when people don't know, they don't know. Yeah. I remember when we moved into our house um, and we delayed the whole process because honestly, uh, when I was pregnant, we were looking and then, you know, my daughter wasn't quite growing as well as she should. So my husband was like, hmm. He's really, really smart, like money. He's like, listen, we don't know what the outcome is going to be. So let's pump the brakes. I'm getting into this major commitment. I said, okay, I agreed. So we had the baby. Thank God she was fine. You know, no problem. So we started our looking again. So now we're going to get a house. Okay. Of course you want, you want everything done one time. Furniture, lawn, this, that. Listen, I was like, let's just get our little coins together. Secure the mortgage, get in the house. You know how long it took me to get a dining room set? That room stood empty. It's a 4,000 square foot house. It's a lot of places to furnish. That room stood empty. 
You got counter space. I got two bar stools just sit at the counter. The same little um, round table that seats four that I had in my apartment, I took from my apartment and I still have it in my house today. And I don't even know how old that is, but you know what? You take care of your stuff. It still looks good. You hear what Aunt Lotta used to say? Take care of your stuff. If you have one drawers, all you do is wash it every day. Make sure it's clean because cleanliness is next to godliness and you take care of yourself. I wasn't going to kill myself with no loan. If we can't afford it, we don't have the cash for it. Let's wait. Yeah. Furniture is the least of your worries. Get one little bed. Don't get yourself in all of this debt. You now have mortgage payment, life insurance every month. You never had these bills before. Okay. All this stuff, house insurance, pace yourself, take it easy. Child, I was looking at my pot set the other day, which I brought from my apartment and said, mm, they kind of looking rough, honey, child. I got to get a new pot set because mm, I don't know if I can keep cooking in them. And it's not that I can't afford it now, but you got to pace yourself. You've got to prioritize. Okay. Take it easy. Don't go be borrowing money for nothing called furniture. That don't make no sense. Do not borrow money for Christmas gifts or a vacation. You save up for those luxury pur purchases, which is what they are. Better fiscal management, folks. The government needs to tighten their belt and they need to do it. Somebody just said to me that they're so shocked that the government would do this. They said, some, Sandy, some departments are working on a skeleton crew now because of not any more hiring, working people to the bones, but yet they can go and do this kind of foolishness. It don't make no sense. Shaka Zulu says, Auntie Sandy, you need a little um, plaque in the studio wall behind you that says Cayman Soul Political Hand Dog, a balance, requ a balance required for any successful democracy. Yes, uh, morning, Debbie. Um, these people say they love God more than the cross. They crucified him, right? Oh, Lord. Al, somebody says, say that again, Al. What did Al say? I missed it. Uh, I didn't see that one. Um, Damien says, you sure it's not fast, fast, fascism? You have to pay that back. That You better believe it. Of course you do. No money. I'm giving you nothing for free. Especially not money. Go replace your bold A asterisk asterisk tires. You're bald. <laughs> okay. Or replace the snow tires that came with your Japanese import. <laughs> we don't have no snow. I'm still saying have them sign a contract before being hired. Um, George says about the MPs, child, that, that don't mean nothing to them. You see how much they lie, even when it's in paper. Um, Mitzi says, Sandy, I think you should write a book um, that's entitled My Aunt L Lottie, not Lorna, Lottie, L-O-T-T-I-E. My Aunt Lottie says, child, what mess. Um, some out there going crazy on Black Friday, says DSR. Uh, First Lady says, the only thing I'm saving for right now is getting my own house. Woo! Where's that applause button? Yes, honey child, you can do it. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it. Yes? Uh, Anne says, that's why I go to garage sales. Oh, and by the way, let me tell you this little story. 
this little nugget. When I finally got our dining room table, it's actually a new to me, but secondhand dining room table. It's a beautiful set. I mean, solid wood and everything. But some rich person on EK was selling it. And I don't really, I'm not really that much of an EK person, but my husband likes to scroll EK. And he saw it and he went and looked at it. And he's like, wow, this is a really good set. Some rich lady in South Sam was just like selling everything really cheap. Oh, you know, she's too old now and she needs to go stay with her son overseas and blah, blah. So he got a steal of a deal. And I wasn't complaining that it's not brand new. I was like, honey, child, this looks good. Got a little scratch here and there. Get one of them little scratch pens and take, take, rub it out. You see, you see people and you think you know what they're doing with their money, but you don't know the ways in which I don't spend money. I don't buy liquor and I buy cigarettes and I, there's a lot of things. I'm not going out every weekend. There's a lot of things that I don't do, honey, jail. That's why I can afford a car when I feel like it. <laughs> okay. Because then I'm wasting my money in some other ways that y'all wasting your money. Mm, mm, mm. And nothing like your own house. Yes, Yasmin. That is why I stay home. I said as much as I pay in the bank and mortgage, I must still be out in these streets. Spending more money again at happy hour. And no, 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 no. I can stay home Friday nights. Thank you very much. And enjoy my mortgage payments. Enjoy my house. Enjoy what I'm working for. Anyway, I would love to go into overtime today. It is Friday, but I'm not because I got to get to work. And I've got some clients uh, do, coming today to do some stuff. So I got I to gotta get to work. Get to work. All right, my good people. We keep an eye on them. Um, hopefully on Monday, I'll be able to dissect more of Judy Santa's lies um, from her interview the other day. Oh, by the way, one final thing. She says she's going to be injecting more money into Cayman Airways. <laughs> I mean... Uh, radio Cayman. Oh, I got to give Radio Cayman more money. Oh, yes, Julie. That makes total sense. That makes a lot of fiscal sense. She thinks that somehow that's going to impact the news and who gets it first and who's able to do what? Judith Anna, let me come off the radio because I do want to say something to her. Radio folks, have a wonderful weekend. Let me hit that disconnect button because you know they're ready to talk about, oh, Sandy, use the F word. Fuck you. If you heard the F word, which I didn't, I almost said it talking to Alejandro, but I didn't say it. I'm going to say it now. Fuck you. Okay. Y'all stupid. Ooh, 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 Alfred. Go call him because I didn't say it. I, um, I went, caught myself. But now, now go complain to him. Go call him now and say, Sandy just said fuck you. They can't do jack shit. Y'all so ridiculous. But you know what? I'm not getting too into it because like I said, I got to go run to a couple appointments and do some stuff. But let me say this much. Judy Santa, your day is coming, you know. God don't like ugly. And I don't know what the hell that get up was yesterday in parliament, but Jesus Christ, really? You had on a yard hat up in parliament? Anyway, let me not even go there. Let me just say this. We the people, I don't care. You could give Radio K-Man all the money in the budget. It don't have no impact on what we're doing over here. We're going to be riding your ass as big as it is right into 2025. We're going to tell the people everything that you do, good, bad, and different, whatever. So give Radio Cayman all the budget increase that you want. That's not going to stop the cold, hard truth, honey child. And despite the lies that you were spewing all over the place, 
right? Now that Premier Panton is out, that has no impact on my bottom line. Because Premier Panton didn't have me in his back pocket. Y'all trying to spew that lie. You're a goddamn liar is what you are. My bottom line remains the same. And by the grace of God, it will get better coming into 2024. Huh? And you are still be there. Lost as you want to be talking foolishness. Oh, I'm never going to come on her show. What? You come over, yes, so? Uh-uh. You too duplicitous and too much of a liar to even click on the CMR link. You should be ashamed of yourself. Go sit your ass down. I can't give you no respect, even for all the skills that you have, the oratory skills. God gave you a good brain, but unfortunately, he didn't give you any morals and no scruples. That's what he forgot to give you. So I not business with you. You never have to come on this platform. I'll be okay. Actually, I'll be more than okay. And you'll be just fine too. Go sit your behind down. Wasting the people's money. You don't know how, how I've heard all the stories about, oh, your GIS not doing this. No one not watching what they produce. No one not listening to the, to the radio. No, 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 no. So pump more money into it because that's your MO. Just throw money at it. That's not going to help. You, didn't you learn that with education? Are you getting any better results because you're paying people all this money? No. You're building new schools and your children still acting like hoodlums because you refuse to put your foot down and even give the teachers and administrators the power that they need to deal with these children, these parents. So throw all the money anywhere you want. All I know is you're not throwing it at me because <laughs> you know that's not going to happen. Don't come on CMR. So what? You think you're God's gifts to Cayman Brack? You sit there. Al, raise say how many chairs? I tell her, go sit in her ass down. How many chairs? She can need about five. Got our bunk. You're pretty big. Salvin uh, uh, says, Sandra, are you afraid of Radio Cayman's competition now that the new premier is going to spend money with them? Salvin, what competition are you talking about? Hmm. Crickets is all I'm hearing, honey chow. I like my friends over at Radio Cayman, and I got no problem with them. But we're not exactly in the same league. They're not no competition or harm to me. They're a government-ran radio station. They're a government mouthpiece. They're things that they could never say. Or oh, see, sat there, and it was almost like a kiss-my-ass party with Juliana O'Connor Connolly. Hmm? Everything she said, oh, yeah, and this not. The truth not going to compete with that foolishness. You think that they think it's a competition? Honey, child, the truth speaks for itself. That's it. Copy! Right? Yep. First lady say, ain't no competition here. I would say so too. They're civil servants. Their hands are tied. It doesn't make any difference how much money they're making. They can never speak what they really want to be able to say. And so, yes, yeah, she's going to have a platform over there every single day. Somebody said, tell them you don't compete where you don't compare. Woo! Honey, I don't compete where I don't compare. Mess with that. She can use that as her mouthpiece because she can need it. She can need a propaganda machine. So, yeah, she can use the government station. That's all on her. I'm not business with that, honey, child. She'll be all right. And we still hoping to get her ass voted out. But she claims she's not running again. But her and, and, and um, what's his name? 
McKeever are both bold-faced liars. Like I said, if there was a church pew for the biggest devils, her and Mac should be on it together. Anne says they all listen and register to every word you say. I know, right? Tell me she not coming over here. I not going on Sandy show. Julie. Uh, really? I would have to invite you on first, you know. You can't just dictate to me what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. There'd have to be an invitation. And let me just say that that invitation, invite has been withdrawn a long time ago, child. Mm-hmm. Chaka Zulu says Radio Cayman does not hold civil service accountable, but the cold hard truth does. Oh, honey, child. Poor them. Selvin says that Radio Cayman needs reform. And I see a lot with what they're not doing well. And not going to be reformed just by throwing more money at it. But again, Julie don't care about no reform. She's just trying to buy people's loyalty. And if there's one thing that I know is you cannot buy people's loyalty. Go ask um, where his name is over there. Um, oh, God. Mario. You can't buy people loyalty. And I don't, think, I don't think the premier was trying to buy his loyalty when he gave him the seed money to start up word him out. He was just trying to help a nigga out. But look at how that turned out for him. Oh, well. Tisk, tisk. Good people. I got to get to work. <laughs> Strong built said we staying at CMR because we like the sauce. I got to get to work. Y'all know I got a new project on my hands and I'm giving it a thousand percent because it's Caymanians. You know, my thing is nobody not going to come in my country once I get an opportunity and do any better than me or show me up if I can help it. So I'm out there working 24-7 doing what I got to do. So I got my little to-do list for today. Mm-hmm, honey chill. And so I'm going to head out now and go do what I got to do. Y'all have a beautiful and safe weekend. We'll be back here. You know, these politicians, they want to take it personal. Don't take it personal. I'm just trying to hold you accountable for the hot mess that you're putting us, the people, in. That's it. And if you're not up for the job, don't run for political office. It's as simple as that. Uh, Anne says they listen and listen again and again, and then they have their persons that are all logged on. I know, right? And then they messaging people, she used a curse word. Y'all like so much. Beautiful people, have a wonderful weekend. What happened with Lonnie's case? Which one that is now? Oh, geez, I'm peace. All right, I gotta go. Somebody say, you're gonna kill me if I remind you again for that con. No, 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 I send the people them your information. All right, be good this weekend. Please be safe. No drinking and driving, all right? Y'all behave yourselves now. And I'll see you on Monday morning, God's willing. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 